the devil's work. And welcome to Real Horror Show. This is episode five, possibly five. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, I'm Lee, and I'm Mark. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you as well, Lee. We Thank haven't actually seen each other since Christmas, have we? No. Did you have a good holiday? Good it was all right. Yeah, not too bad. I didn't do a lot. <laughs> no, you're not the only one. No, I think I did go up to see family in Chester after Christmas, but other than that, I didn't do fuck all. No, we didn't barely travel at all. Our family were like five miles away, tops. So. Yeah. That was the most we did. Yeah. Exciting lives we lead. No, I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't in the mood for celebrating. Didn't even have a drink at New Year, and that never happens. I may have had some mulled wine. No, I, no, I had a, someone got me a little miniature bottle of um, Johnny Walker. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a Johnny Walker Black Label. You had more drink than I did, <laughs> which is unheard of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My kidneys thank me, though. <laughs> yeah, this episode, we're going to be looking at our individual top 10 Stephen King adaptions. We just sort of mentioned we might be doing this anytime soon, so we decided yeah. to do it for this episode. And I suppose we should give a shout out to uh, Lauren, who um, suggested this list on Patreon, mm. threw us some cash and suggested this idea. Yeah, yeah. So, so thank you very much. It took us like a year and a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I wrote this down as a list that I was going to put on the website about a year ago, and then it never happened. And then I lost the list that I wrote and had to quickly redo it last night when I realised I'd lost it. Yeah, I'm, I'm mainly dying to see how similar our lists are. I know I've got one that you're going to be like, what the fuck is that doing on your list? I think I know what it is. <laughs> and if I'm right, when you okay. say it, I'll say bingo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am pretty sure I know what this is going to be. Oh, okay. And it's going to be one that isn't on my list. Probably not, no. No. Uh, I should point out that not every film on our lists are horror films. No, because not everything that Stephen King does is... Is a horror. Typically horror. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. You can go first this time. Okay, if like. so... My number 10 will be a film that I think a lot of people would actually put in their top three, but I'll put it at number 10. It's from 1999, directed by Frank Darabont, and it's not a horror because it's The Green Mile. Ah. The reason I've put it so low is because I'm not... It's a very good film, but I'm not going to watch it multiple times because I don't want to watch a film that's going to leave me crying. No, I actually... It's not something I'm going to do. I actually pride myself on being dead inside, and that <laughs> film did make, make my eyes a bit weepy. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it is a good movie, but it didn't actually make my okay. list. I toyed with it. Mm. It teetered around the high end and didn't quite make it. There's a couple of films that I did toy with putting on my list didn't quite make it, but The Green Mile yeah. is a great film. Yeah, and it, as far as adaptations go, it does follow the, the, or the books, I should say, because you released a monthly, didn't you, which I, I had yeah. at one point with a little little chat books I guess whatever you call them as they came out and it follows out fairly well yeah to be, I'll be honest with you it's one of the few Stephen King books that I haven't read I own it yeah no I read them when they first came out performances in the film were top notch I don't think you can fault anyone's performance in that movie well Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks so he's always good you are a child's plaything. oh yeah even no, if you don't particularly like the film spot on and, yeah. yeah everyone yeah I like the other dude as well who <laughs> Sam Rockwell no, no, no. <laughs> the tall dude who was with the prison guard, he was also in, funnily enough, The Langoliers. Oh, I know what you mean. I he was the name. pilot. He's been in, yeah. But he was good. Yeah, Sam Rockwell was good. Yeah, everyone was. But yeah, it is, yeah. A, it is an eye moistener. 
Yeah, that's why it's, that's why I've sat it at number ten because I can't fault it as a movie, but it's not something I'm regularly going to go. Hey, let's watch this because I don't want to watch something that's going to make me sad. No, no, <laughs> no. It, um, it takes a lot to move me to tears in that film. Same thing. Yeah, very. We're equally dead inside, I believe. So. Half me tea. He, he always gets me in the feels. Oh, I don't care about that. He's like a little space turd. You leave him outside. He goes white and crispy. But it's sad. They bring him in and moisten him up again. No, it's sad. <laughs> He has to go home. He gives everyone a cuddle and gets in his spaceship. Mind you, I can't come in. I have been on the ET ride. So. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> so you get your own little bicycles to go on and he says your name at the end. Oh, I thought you'd have to sit on a glowing finger. Or something. <laughs> I think that's a completely different. <laughs> that's the one I went on. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, you're number 10. Then. Number 10. Okay. From my number 10, it's a film from 1979, directed by Toby Hooper, and it's Salem's Lot. Okay, yeah. And it nearly wasn't. Oh. Number 10 originally was The Mist. Oh, yeah. And then I thought, eh, and it got bumped, and Salem's Lot ended up in its place. It's a good film. Quite close to the adaption of the book, which I read many, many years ago. It has its freaky parts, like the little boy floating the bedroom window, tapping on the glass. David Soul is great. Is Yeah, I enjoyed it. Salem's Lot is my number 10. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That nearly made it in on my list. It, it hasn't done. It was going to be my number eight, mainly because, as I found out when I came here, I'd um, somehow only had nine on my list, but not eight. <laughs> A state education, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I realised I'd gone like 10, 8, 7, 6. Oh, fuck. You should have watched more Sesame Street. You? <laughs> yeah, the count would have helped me. One, six. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. What the fuck up? I love to count. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so number 10 for me is Salem's Lot. It's a good movie and a good book. I love the book. It's another one. I haven't read that in ages. I need to do Yeah, I'll need to do that again. I think apparently they're remaking it. Mm, I did look into it earlier and I couldn't remember who's making it now, but it is being remade apparently. Okay, fair enough. Because so, the original was like, a, I think it was technically a TV miniseries. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it kind of like, you just watch it. It's yeah. a film. And it's a very iconic film. Yeah, yeah. Something I'll need to watch again as well. Yeah. Another one I haven't watched in years. I was like that they modelled the vampire sort of closer to Nosferatu, Nosferatu than uh, the usual sort of like... Yeah, it's got like the, the rat-like teeth rather yeah, than the, yeah. the fangs. There's no romanticism. No, it's a monster. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's my number 10. Okay. Your number uh, nine. It is my number nine. And this is the one I think you and probably a lot of people are going to go, what the fuck is that doing on your list? Okay. Are you ready then to see if you're going to shout your bingo? It's from 1995. Mm-hmm. Directed by Toby Hooper. If I said it starred Robert England and Ted Levine, is that no, that's not what I thought. Oh, it was okay, going. I had a sneaky feeling. Oh, God, tell me what okay, because it's the Mangler. The Mangler. Now I know the Mangler is not a good film. No, it's not. However, <laughs> it entertains the fuck out of me. It's Robert England's just fucking batshit crazy, and you got Ted Levine in it. It rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. You got people getting folded in half by a fucking machine and torn in half. It does that cheesy horror thing that I fucking love. You know? I actually watched the other day because there was nothing else to watch and I was doing something else I wasn't really watching it. I watched The Mangler Reborn. Now that is a sack of shit. Is that the third? I don't know, second or third. I think I've never seen any of the sequels. It was fucking garbage and I wasn't oh, really okay. watching it but I, I was watching it enough to know it was garbage. Oh yeah, That's I know The Mangler is garbage. Now you've I, said I, it. I like it because it's just, it's just fun. Now you've said it, it doesn't come as that big a surprise to me that you've added it, but that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. For some reason, in my head, I thought you was going to say Sleepwalkers. It was going to be, but that wasn't actually a book, though, was it? I don't think. Yeah. I didn't think. Oh, oh okay. it made a story. I think he wrote it just for the, it was done just for the movie. Oh, I don't know then. I do actually like Sleepwalkers. Yeah, I thought you might. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nothing to do with the fact that I had a massive crush on Mansion Hammock when watching the movie. Right. But no, I, yeah, I do like this. 
Sleepwalkers, which I know that's, <laughs> that's not a great movie, but again, I like it. But yeah, I'll put the manga because it's just fun. It doesn't feel like a 90s movie, though. There it's is a lot of 80s kind of yeah. throwbacks to it. Yeah, I can see why you would... It's just an easy watch. It's one of those I can throw on and stick it on in the background, and I'm happy. Yeah, since you've said it, I thought, of course you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't what I thought. Could have been in Robert England. Yeah, that's true, but... And the machine folding old ladies in half. I mean, as much as I love Robert England, <laughs> that isn't always a sign of a quality movie. <laughs> no, he has been in his fair share yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. All I remember, really, was that he used to limp around with a gimpy eye. Yeah, he's got... A, a, yeah, because you have to offer parts of yourself to the machine, don't you? I, think oh, I don't even its, remember. It takes its sacrifice. And I know a lot of people would be as well, you've put that fucking higher than the Green Mile. Well, like I said, the yeah. Green Mile, I'm not going to watch very often. Whereas the manga, I'm just going to, I can put it on half fun. <laughs> Which well, that's is fair why enough. It's on my list, but low. So there we go. I can promise you now that's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't surprise me. No. The fact that you put that on there doesn't surprise me because you have mentioned that film many, many yeah, times. I've never seen the sequels. I will have to check them out at some point. I wouldn't just see how I mean, I don't like the first. Advice, though, do I? No, that's true. You always put yourself in this <laughs> whole bullshit. I've been in there. I've still watched some of it. Yeah, I'll teach you. <laughs> I am worth listening to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number nine then. Okay. Are you ready? It's a film from 2017, directed by one of my favourite current horror directors, Mike Flanagan, and it's Gerald's Game. Okay, yeah. Gerald's Game is one of my favourite Stephen King books. I think because... The fact that he could like have quite a lengthy novel centered around somebody tied to a bed, kind of kinky, and still make it really, really interesting, just impressed the shit out of me. So when it was being made into a film, I was thinking, "Don't fuck it up." Yeah, and I don't think much fun fucked it up. Was the novel from the nineties? Yeah, say. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a good book. I, I'd really rate it, and um, yeah, I think it's a brilliant job the film. Again, it's like you don't get bored. No. Watching a film about somebody handcuffed to a bed, and you should on paper. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah. He he puts enough interesting stuff going on and enough creepy shit going on in that film. That, yeah, you don't really get. Yeah, fed up. no, I'll, I'll agree with that because to, to do something with which is basically one person in a room, and then there's a room they're stuck in, they can't move. You've got the mixture of King's writing to keep that entertainment creepy factor there, and um, Flanagan's. Yeah, directed, which has made it work. Yeah, I did wonder when they when they made it if they keep the um the handcuffed escape scene from the book in the uh, film and how they were going to do it and they did it brilliantly. It's yeah. just fucking horrible. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that annoys me is sort of like watching it and thinking back on it. I sit there thinking, why didn't you just break the thumb or something? Yeah, there's got to be easy ways. Yeah. But then again, if you're writing it, did that happen in the book you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she does basically virtually love you're her write something yeah. gross, aren't you? Because yeah. in a way, there's nothing really gross that's happening. There's a, there's a dead body next to her. Yeah, yeah, the dog's so, eating it. <laughs> yeah. I think in the book it goes into more detail. Dog eating the, the bloke's face or something. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing from like a, a horror novel point of view, reading someone smacking their thumb or inadvertently degloving her whole hand. Yeah. Degloving's just... It's nasty. Like yeah, I know why he did it, yeah. but from her point of view, I'm saying you recover a lot faster from a broken thumb. Well, you she didn't realise it was happening when it started. She was too far gone. To yeah, it is horrible yeah. to watch. You're like... <laughs> it was really well done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. I thought it was great adaptation. I mean, I love Mike Flanagan. Um, I'm trying to think of something he's done that I don't like, and I can't. Okay. Yeah, so that's my number nine. That gives me a hint that something else will be on your list at some point. Then. Might but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gerald's Game isn't on my list. It, it, it came close, but I've only seen it once, and I have, it's not really cemented in my brain. Plus, what I haven't read the book, I, I left it off for that reason. Fair enough. Okay, here's where my numbers went screwy, because I did have the manga at eight, because I've missed nine. So it goes to <laughs> nine, and I haven't got a number eight on my list.
Um, I do know what it was. It was nearly Salem's Lot, but I ended up going with The Mist. The Mist, yeah. Yeah, that was my number 10 for a while. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's a good pick. It's a great film. Some of it, the, the technical effects aren't necessarily age where that kid gets dragged under the door. But yeah. I fucking love that downbeat ending. Oh, which yeah. wasn't in the book. That end is brilliant. I think King say he preferred Darabont's ending. Yeah. Which I didn't mention that. Yeah, directed by Frank Darabont. Yeah, King supported it. Just, yeah. Yeah. I love um, that. I love downbeat endings. Yeah, and that is as downbeat is, as they come. Yeah. That whole, I've got to murder my friends and my family, especially my little boy. Yeah. And then I'll do myself. I can hear oh, I can't. I'll kill everyone who's in the car with me. Yeah, I'll kill my friends. I've killed my son. I'll go outside, let death come to me. Oh, fuck. It's not death. They sort it out. The army's, the army's fixed it. <laughs> and not only that, one of the women on the rescue truck is the one who walked out right at the start. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you just left at the beginning. Yeah. No, it's a great film. There's so much about that film I love. The whole scene where the mist sort of descends over the supermarket's done really well with the um, warning sirens going off and that. And everybody immediately knows there's something not quite right about it, so they start legging it back in. Yeah. The, uh, I love that bit where they go to the pharmacy to get drugs for that bloke who's been burnt. And it's got the spiders with the acid webs. Yeah. That's such a fucking good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really nasty. You've got some of the, you've got the chap in there he'd left, haven't you? And he's all completely full of, he's don't you fall over and all the baby spiders come out. Yeah. He's only left earlier. Yeah. Everything's kind of, there's those little callbacks. Yeah. Um, it's got all the regular Frank Darabont cast in it. Yeah. You got, um, I forgot his name after. Is it Bill Death from Bill and Ted? Oh, um, William Sadler. William Sadler, yeah. Bill Sadler. yeah. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's great in it. I like, what's her name? The woman who plays the uh, religious zealot who starts sort of like... Yeah, she's got that Carrie's mum kind of yeah, vibe. But she does it really well. Yeah. And the way she sort of like starts... Creed, no, no. Oh. I can't think what the woman's name Bruce. is. But yeah, it's well yeah. done. She does that. She plays that part really well, mm-hmm. which is like slowly convincing people that it's all Armageddon yeah, yeah, yeah. and jesus yeah. and they start wrath, to the point where they become like a murderous mob yeah. by the end. And it, I don't even want to mention the, the TV series. I watched the first episode, and all I remember is someone running up to the window with a face half off or something. I watched the first season. Was it not very good? No, it, did, it didn't follow this at all. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it went in a whole different direction that I just couldn't see the point of and didn't enjoy. Oh, right. Whereas the film, I'd, I'd, just, I'd love that downbeat ending. Yeah, yeah, the ending. It's one of the best downbeat endings ever. I kind of watched it and I sat there and when the the army turned up and were fixing everything, mm. I laughed. It's not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you put yourself in that bloke's yeah, shoes. You're laughing at any flat. Yeah, that would be fucking, yeah. you was like five seconds away. If you just yeah. delayed pulling that trigger, you'd have been all right. Yeah. And every, I mean, he lost his wife, I think. She was dead. She, she was cobwebbed in the house. Yeah, but he would have still had his kids. He still had his son. And yeah, that is a dark ending. Yeah. And music as well is by, oh, a, is by a, band, a band called Dead Don't Dance or something yeah. and it's really quite fucking haunting. I think that the, the, the most yeah that famous track is like Fields of Nephilim or something no that's a band isn't it yeah. or Nephilim I'm sure it's Nephilim or something I'm dreaming oh, fuck, I'm yeah I think it's, it's by a band I did listen to their album they it's, called, it's not um, by um, Dead Can't Dance or something playlist. yeah yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's a good movie. Cool. So I, I support that choice it, it was my number 8 even though I have forgotten to put it on my list yeah, it was my number 10, and then it kind of got knocked back because I bought first Salem's Lot. Okay. Yeah. It's, Salem's Lot would be like my well, 11, I think. What are we on there? Eight? Eight, yeah. Okay. My number eight, then, is a film from 1983, directed by John Carpenter, and it's Christine. Okay, yeah. If I wanted to fuck a car, it would be a pink fury. <laughs> that car is beautiful. <laughs> And I really well, love people do. I think it was the first Stephen King book that I ever read. I got bought it as a kid for Christmas. Right. We sat there and just lapped it up. 
up. And obviously, John Carpenter being one of my film favorite filmmakers, it's you know a partnership made in fucking. Well, it's got his, his soundtrack on it as well. It's just yeah, fantastic. yeah. And that car is it is a gorgeous car. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, probably not as sexually attracted to it as you are. I am, but <laughs> I mean, I'm a car man. I love cars, and that car, I buy it at gunpoint. If I was forced to shag a car, <laughs> it would be that Plymouth Fury. <laughs> Why would someone force you to do that? I don't know. It's a weird world just, we live in. You just rub up on it or put it in the exhaust. I'm not sure how this happens. I don't know. I haven't tried. Is this how the Transformers were created? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me getting a little bit over-amorous with a fucking lorry or something. Yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, yeah Christine is a good yeah. film. I love the scene where they sort of trash it and it we're bends itself back into shape. Is it me, though? There's the, the kid who plays, is it? Moochie or what, the, the tubby one with the curly hair. I forgot. No, my brain's fucking shut down again. He looks so much like um, Thingy Hill. Is it Hill? I forgot his name. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. Yeah. It looks like him. I think when I rewatched it, I'm like, is that his fucking dad in this movie? I need to look at his face. And he just, he I, I like, they like him. I like the lad who plays uh, the main character. Is it Arnie? Arnie, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of transition dork yeah, to, to psychopath. Yeah, it does it at a nice steady. Yeah, is is quite well handled and he does it really well. It's quite believable. And Buddy Reppin is always like a good bad guy. Cunningham hands and a cunning hand. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great movie. Yeah, it's my number eight. Okay, I, I have no argument with that one. What was I on? Oh, I must be on seven then, because my number eight doesn't exist. Seven. It does exist. Yeah, it's just not on my list. <laughs> I forgot. Right, so my number seven is another non-horror movie. Okay. From 1986, and directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, you know, uh, I can tell from your expression, you know what it is. Yeah, I know what it is. Well, like, normally, if you tell me oh, I'm going to watch a film with Will Wheaton and Corey Feldman... <laughs> I'd be like, I'm all right, thanks. But uh, in the case of Stand By Me, it's just a fucking excellent movie. Corey Feldman's been in some good movies. Yeah. Friday the 13th Part 4, Gremlins, the Goonies. <laughs> I like the Burbs, yeah. but I Goonies? Mean, yeah, he's done some good films. So but, yeah, he had that era where he was in everything, and most of them were good. Mm. And then he started putting flour in his hair and being in Retro Puppet Master or whatever it was or one of them. Was that the one where they were like Nazis? He was a doctor. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he had a shot and it was flour in his hair. You can plainly see it. Was oh, I don't know. Last anyway. thing I saw of him was a Katy Perry video, and I wouldn't have seen that if it weren't for my wife because I fucking hate Katy Perry. The last thing I saw of him was when he was at that convention we went to. Oh, yeah. And you couldn't go in the toilet when Feldman was in there in case you saw his little Corey or something. He had a Blake outside the door. No, no, can't come in here. Corey's pissing. Yeah, that's a bit fucking rock star. <laughs> I went to uh, I went to a convention in Manchester and I did stand having a piss next to the uh, saxophone player from the Lost Boys. Oh, okay. He didn't give a shit. No. He ain't that fucking precious. He just stood there <laughs> waving it around like... Was it all oiled up like the rest of him? I didn't look. No, okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't need that kind <laughs> of... didn't have a mini sax- uh, saxophone jammed in the end. So I didn't need well. demoralising that much. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, that was that was my number seven. The Stand by Me is just another. Mm. It's one of those King stories that, even though it's obviously set in a different era to what we grew up in, it still has that elements of childhood that we're all familiar with and yeah. out with your mates and going, going on. Going out on a bit of an adventure. We sort of discussed this with it on the last podcast, didn't we? It sort of does make you think of times when you used to actually go out and do yeah. shit. Yeah. It's that mixture of that, that, that Stephen King trope, but also then the things that um, Spielberg would put in his movies yeah. with the kids going off and going on adventures. That yeah. reminds me of that shit <laughs> that I would do as a kid. Yeah. Although obviously in a different time because I'm not that fucking old. Yeah, that was um that was from the short story The Body, wasn't it? Yeah. From, was it the Night Shift novel? Which is the same one that had the re- Shawshank Redemption, uh, the, the, which was Rita Hayworth. Hayworth. Yeah. No, that's a good good film. Yeah. And I'm not gonna tell you this on my list or not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to see. I was gonna say yes, but no, go on. This okay. Seven. All right, my number seven is a film from 1983, directed by David Cronenberg, and it's The Dead Zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was close to me. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't make it. No. It's such a good film. 
Yeah, Christopher Walken is the tits in that film. In the same village, there was a wolf. This big wolf. Bad wolf. Big bad wolf. With the picture. <laughs> it's Christopher Walken. Yeah. He's the tits and everything, but he is brilliant in that film, and it's such a good concept for a story. Waking up from a coma and suddenly having developed the ability to read people's like futures and stuff. Yeah, it was just was it hand contact for you? So yeah, yeah, and he then he bumped into like a presidential candidate and sort of touch him and realised this guy's gonna be responsible for the end of the world. Yeah. And he then has to like take it upon himself to do something about it and it's brilliant. Yeah, no, I do like it. It's just I think I don't think it quite does enough for me. It's one of those things where I saw it and I oh great, a Cronenberg film. Mm. But it, it's not a Cronenberg movie as such. No. It hasn't got one of those Cronenberg kind of traits that you expect. Um, Body horror. Yeah. But yeah, Cronenberg, you know. And I haven't read the books, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect with it. And it, it the book's good. The okay. book's good. But I like the movie as well. I think they adapted it really well. And while I agree that you expect certain something from a Cronenberg film, it can dip in and out of that from time to time and uh, oh, yeah. quite successfully. Yeah. I, I think, the, yeah. But the, the, the film itself and the performance from Christopher Walken like the there's, there's still odd moments here where even though Christopher Walken has been a nice guy where he comes across it's like yeah he's fucking someone about him that's dangerous yeah he doesn't I like him more when he plays like a bastard kind of I mean I fucking well no, he's not a bastard that, but I love him King of New York yeah it's fucking great yeah that movie. is a great film uh, also he uh, he's brilliant in True Romance yes him and oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. him and uh, Dennis Hopper have the best scene in that film yeah. which is already a great film yeah. their scene is just something think, else yeah when he's let off the reins a little bit yeah, which I think, even though his performance in this is good in um, Dead Zone, he didn't have that little extra bit where he can go a little bit wild with it, which is fine. That's how the character is. Yeah, because I hadn't read the book and I didn't know what to expect. They also made a TV series of that, and I never watched it, so I don't know if it was any good or not. Yeah, that was quite pretty recent. Wasn't yeah, it? The last sort of ten years. Yeah, I, I never, I never sat and watched it, so I don't know what that was like. Yeah, the film for me is worthy of the uh, the seven spot. I have no idea. It was the seven. Spot. Yeah, hang on, because I need to power up my laptop again. Uh, not laptop, tablet. Oh, yeah, my number six. Are you ready? Yeah, go on then. Six. From 2019, so you can probably guess it already, one of your favourite directors. Okay. It is Dr. Sleep in my number six spot. Yeah? Yeah. With Well, I may as well do mine at the same time then, because my number six spot is Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay. Oh, excellent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there you go. It had to happen at some point. We all cross yeah. over, and uh, yeah, it's, it made my number six too. I only rewatched the director's cut. Yes, or not rewatched, really watched the director's cut for the first time last night, and I really enjoyed it. I couldn't tell you what's different in it because I haven't even no. watched the film since the theatrical release, but I really enjoyed it. I went uh, to see it at the cinema and came back really confused as to whether I liked it or didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, you reviewed it um, on the site, didn't you? Saying it was, I read the book. Polarized about. I read the book. I love The Shining, both book and film, mm-hmm. and that just complicated things for me because I mean obviously Flanagan sort of like tried to appease fans of both book and film yeah so yeah. the book it wasn't true to the book was this the hotel in blow up at the end of the of the shining, shining. Yeah, yeah yeah so he was trying to appease both fans of King's book and Kubrick's film mm. by changing things slightly from the book to to match what happened in the film work in both yeah, exactly. yeah. and like I say, I mean, I love Mike Flanagan and his work, but I came back and thought, I don't know what I thought of it. And then I rewatched it a few months later and thought, actually, I do like this. Mm. I was wrong to even question that. Then I watched the uh, director's cut and thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. There's stuff about that film. I mean, I think one of the things that threw me off first when I first watched it is recasting some of the characters from The Shining. I, I mean, they used. Well, I think they had, they had Henry Thomas from. 
a lot of Flanagan's other stuff, playing like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he didn't quite. I think they should have probably sort of filmed him differently. Yeah, when they showed him the the side view of him, that worked well. When you saw him, yeah, like the profile shot, it's like, oh, it's not quite. But that's fine. I can go with that. Mm. The one who played Shelley Duvall's character, I thought she was spot on. She got even the way she's screaming for Danny. Yeah. She was, was in a Blind Manor, I think oh, she was in, they? and okay. she was also in oh, oh, Bl- uh, Midnight Mass. So she's been in. Oh, okay. She's been in another. Fl- Flanagan yeah. always tends to work with the same actors anyway. Yeah, I really it. liked oh, what's her name? Who played Rose the Hat? Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, she was fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to make a comment about her. Like, I'd be no good in this film because she just turn up and I'd be lured in straight away. Yeah, like, I don't find you don't need people here to me. No, whatever you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, and she was really. Ian McGregor was great. I think that's my only fault with it because I actually haven't, yeah, I actually haven't read Doctor Who yet, which I need to do. Yeah, it's a good book. Throughout the film, she's not that much of a threat to Danny and Abra because Abra's just kicking the shit out of her with her powers the whole time. It's yeah. not until right near the end when she hits him with an axe that she becomes any kind of threat, and that's only for a few minutes. Mm. And Abra, so she's she's a threat to regular or to people who can shine slightly. I thought the one the, the biggest oh, threat of that group was the young girl who could oh, touch yeah. people yeah. and um, convince them to do something. She yeah, just grabs old matey and says, shoot yourself in the face and yeah. kind of blows his head and off. She's um, getting the paedophiles at the start. Yeah, which is, which is really cool. Yeah, but having rewatched it a couple of times, especially the director's thing, I thought, no, I was wrong to be conflicted. This is really, really good. He, like I say, he tried to appease fans of both book and yeah, film, and, and he it. pulled it off. Yeah. Like uh, it's, you know, and my my initial assessment of the film wasn't fair and didn't do okay. justice, and I was wrong. <laughs> I do need, I do need to read the book, mate. I yeah, mean, I want to reread The Shining and then get the Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I re- reread The Shining not so long back, and I love it. It's a brilliant book. Mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep's really good too. Yeah, but the thing is, as I was going to say earlier, there's a pattern with Stephen King adaptions. Where now and again, a filmmaker will come along and then adapt a few. Yeah. And generally, when that happens, the films are great. Yeah. Well, we had Barrett Watts and a few. And then, like, yeah. Flanagan. Rob Reiner did. Flan- yeah. yeah. Flanagan. Toby Hooper's done a couple. Yeah. 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 There's, there seems to be a sort of like a uh, pattern where sort of the same directors will make a few different. Because obviously, King sees these films, thinks he did a great job. And, and probably pushes for them yeah, to do more. Saying, I agree with you. Just my number six, too. Doctor Six. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I sort of gave it another chance and changed my mind. Yeah, I mean, it, with the director's cut, even though it's three hours long, it doesn't feel it. No. I started watching it last night, and my daughter watched it with, with me and that, and it was like, this has been 45 minutes, and it doesn't feel like I've been watching 45 minutes at all. It's put so much into it. Well, we did, so engrossed by the story. We did a double bill. Uh, we went away last year in their camper van, and their friend Perry came along, and she hadn't seen The Shining. Oh, okay. So we put The Shining on, and she loved it. And then straight after that, we watched Public Sleep. And she loved that too. Oh, okay. So we did it like one straight after the other. And it works. They kind of yeah. work brilliantly together, even though there's like a 40-year gap between the, the films. The recreation that he's done, because he's really shot everything. So even the bit with, like he said, I forgot the actress's name, but the whole bit that would have been Shelley Duval when the axe head's coming through the yeah. door. And he's recreated it with the new actress. Spot on. Yeah. So Following Danny through the... Some of the bit was reused footage. You know the bit where he decides they're going to the overlook? And all of a sudden, you get the aerial shot going over the lake and the yeah, island and yeah. the road. That's reused footage. They just darkened it. Oh, okay. And then added like a, a small, more updated version of the, the famous music that goes over yeah. there. Yeah, other than that, like you say, they did recreate a lot. I love the whole bit in the uh, maze where he's trying to sort of like sneak the, the box up on Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So well done. I think what helped me is because I've, I've gone through a bit where I stopped reading Stephen King for a while. So when Doc Sleep came out, 
I knew it was an adaptation of one of his books, but I didn't even know it was a sequel to The Shining. Oh, so wow. when I watched it, without knowing that, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't know this. This is So it kind of grabbed me from the off, because I didn't even know that was a thing. No, it's, um, it's yeah, you should read the book. It's good. Yeah. It is good. It's, it's different from the film, but it had to be, because obviously they wanted to link tight in with the movie, the, the uh, 1980 movie. So, yeah. But I think even the guy who um, played the Scatman Crow as well, yeah. spot on, he, he actually nailed that. Yeah, the, the mannerisms as well and everything, the speech patterns that he, he copied from that character. But yeah, yeah, really, really good. Film. And they didn't hold back on like some truly horrific shit. I mean, it starts off with Rose grabbing that little girl, yeah, and then the scene where they kidnap the uh, baseball. Was there a bit more on that in the extended cut where she starts cutting him up and things like that? Yeah, I think baseball. I think uh, because the fear sweet was the uh, miss. Yeah, I remember him getting quite so realized, yeah. I suppose, was cut apart. You know, they didn't hold back on that. That's no. quite. You know, you've seen a child murdered by a bunch of like grown ups. <laughs> But I like, because the, um, oh, I forgot his name, Uncle Flick. Well, what, he, he um, was in Gerald's game, weren't he? The guy. Yeah, he, he, sees. he was actually um, Lurch in the Adam song. You're right. Oh, was he? Yeah. What's that him? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. Carol something his name is. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. But then when he's dying and he's, she says to him about, you, you get a hint of how long he's lived. We've seen empires rise and fall and he's been a king and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Which I was, that was, again, intriguing along its own, just about that character. The only bit I really didn't like and still don't like, is when they're in the Overlook, and they recreate the scene where Rose is, like, going up the stairs to oh, where Stanley, the accident, yeah. and they sort of, like, pretty much beat for beat copy the scene where uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson is, is sort of, like, back in Shelley development. Yeah. That was really well done. And then they sort of have their final conflict, and Danny opens all his boxes, releasing all the ghosts from the Overlook, yeah. and they're suddenly, like, looming over. Me, yeah. And that one shot, like, some, like, fucked up, Avengers shot. <laughs> I didn't like that very much. Oh, okay. It was a bit cheesy and they sort of all lurch at the same time and like grab Rose or whatever they do and then they get Danny, don't they? And the only thing missing from Doc's sleep in it, because it had the guys who were blood on him going, oh, it's a hell of a party. Yeah. Whatever it is. You didn't get the weird guy having sex with someone in a bear costume. Yeah, get blowjob. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> they weren't in it. Great party, isn't it? <laughs> that's the one. But yeah, that, that's the only scene that I really still don't like is the one where she sort of looked, but they look up and all of a sudden all the ghosts from the Overlook are sort of looming over in an Avengers type fucking pose. And I thought, yeah, it's a bit cheesy. Do you think it ever revisit it then? Because it has set up still that there are still, still people who, who shine and there's still bad ones out there and all that. I don't think it's something you'll ever go back to. Well, it might do. I mean, the only reason Dr. Sleep came about is because he was like, all the decades after having written The Shining, people have been asking him what became of Danny Torrance. Oh, really? and, oh, okay. And eventually thought, right, I'll sit down and write a book. Oh, to, okay. So they might go back to it. Yeah. You don't know, do you? There's, there's so much scope there for, I mean, like I said, Uncle Flick, or I'd like to know about him. Who was he really? Or yeah. Who was he in past lives or originally? There's, there's a lot of scope to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they could sort of like... I'm they, happy with the mystery, but at the same time, if he's like, I'm going to tell you who he was, I'll be up for it. Yeah, and if they sort of found a way to do a story, sort of going back with, with Rose the Hat because yeah, she was yeah. a, good character, a good character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's funny. We've both got the same number six, but it makes sense. Yeah, so it's my number five. Maybe. It is. <laughs> five. Uh, another Rob Reiner movie from 1990 with James Kahn and Kathy Bates. Number five. Yeah, it's Misery. Number five. Yeah, I like Misery. Yeah, I know. That's oh, a, okay. the, the, the point I'm making is it's as low down as number five. I mean, yeah. as far back as number five. Yeah, there's, there's reasons. Okay. Okay, what? I mean, I probably just saw the fact that I have that film oh, a lot yeah, higher, yeah. but it's misery. I know, it's a, and it's a fantastic movie. I know it's a fantastic. Yes. This is why I'm baffled <laughs> yeah. why it only makes halfway. Some of the ones I prefer. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, fair enough, but no, don't judge me on my ways at the one. Lord Mayor Man Two. 
whatever it was, assault on cyberspace weapons. I was. really hope that's your number one. Because this, well, this is podcast, just me, me pointing and laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the like, sounds of like slapping in the back. Yeah. You beat the shit out of Fuck off, Mark. <laughs> roll up newspaper. Get the corner. Yeah. Bad boy. Yeah, so my number five is Misery. Okay. Cracking, cracking film. I agree. Really, really enjoy it. But I think, no, compared to the ones in my top three, I would watch them, and I have watched them more often, than Misery. Right. Misery's a really good film, but they're the ones I would, I'd know them beat for beat, and I would probably, they're, and I'm more fan of the books as well, I think. Okay. So that's what's. There's going to be another film on your list then that I'm dying to see where that place is. And if that place is oh, high sure as I think it might be. Okay, I'm not surprised if it's not on there. Okay. But yeah, this Misery's my number five. I agree. It's All a brilliant movie. Top notch. I mean, yeah. Jane, the fucking Kathy Bates just... knocks it out of the fucking park. Oh, yeah. I'm dying to see what's up. And that what's... hobbling scene. I know. In the book, and she, she cuts, she cuts off his off foot off with an axe. That was it. Yeah. That's another one that I've not but, years and years. The, the hobbling was fucking. Yeah, that's gruesome. worse than what's in the book. Yeah. Because it's so well done. You see the, the foot just fold in on itself. Yeah. And like, you feel that. You feel fucking every fucking minute. Yeah. 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 It's what they do in the film to his feet is what is better. Yeah. Better and worse, I think, than what. Stephen For movie King. reasons, is uh, reasons is <laughs> <laughs> is that a word? You, you wouldn't guess, I'm right, folks. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not a talker. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know what could possibly okay push that back to number five. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, you'll find out. Yeah, I'll have to. But yeah, yeah I agree. It's a great movie. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing it's going to come up on yours. So we'll, we'll talk about it a bit more then, I suppose. All right. So my number five, then you've already mentioned this from 1986. Rob Reiner is Stand by Me. Okay. You know, it's it's such a well-made movie. Yeah. It's a real good coming-of-age story. Sick balls. But yeah, it's great. Like you said, it takes you back to a time when you used to go out wandering aimlessly around with your mates, getting misadventures and stuff, and things that that's the sort of thing that kids don't do anymore. It fills you with nostalgia, even though it's from an era that we weren't part of. Mm. It was still things that we can associate with. Yeah. Yeah, all so the performances are great. People don't do that anymore. People just hang out by social media, what their WhatsApp or whatever, and they'll chat on that rather than... Yeah, go and fucking hang out together. Yeah. When we were kids, we'd be like out on push bikes all fucking night long. I've, I've asked the kids to do stuff, and, and they're sitting. I mean, this is gonna make me sound really fucking old. But I've asked the kids <laughs> to come and do stuff, and they're like, "Can I come in a minute? I'm having a conversation." And they're basically texting or something. Yeah, and you're thinking, "No, you're fucking not. That's not a conversation. The conversation is like what we're having now. You don't a conversation is <laughs> sitting there. The way they interact is terrifying. Yeah, conversation isn't your abbreviated. I'll tell my daughter after this. We, we went out for a, a, a breakfast meal no. just before Christmas with some friends. And when she's talking to someone, she won't look, she'll, her eyes will wander off and she'll be looking up in the corner somewhere and not at you. I'm, like, I'm not over there. Yeah, I hate just that. Look back at us and just talk to me, not yeah. get that. I always look at people's eyes, I'm trying to intimidate them on the phone. <laughs> trying to seduce them. Yeah, it, it works, trust me. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really having to exhibit some self-control well, here. Once this podcast is over. Oh, <laughs> I'll put the Vaseline away, it's not here this time. I've been and the hammer. I've got black leather gloves in kind of my... Yeah, sort of Italian murder gloves, I call them. Because <laughs> it's cold out today and I'm old. You're jello killing kid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck we said, old. <laughs> Kids today don't know they're fucking born. We are old. My next, oh, not my next birthday, but the next big one I'm going to have to celebrate will be 50. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, same here. I'm 48 this year. I'm 47. Yeah. You're only just a bit right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's scary, isn't it? <laughs> no. I'm not mentally equipped for that either. I'm fucking 12. Oh, yeah, I've progressed much beyond 12 or 13. I'm never going to stop being amazed by boobs. I had a, yeah. I, I had a bit of a crisis the other day when I sat there and I was thinking about it too much and I was like, what the fuck? How does this happen? Yeah. I'm still a kid. Oh, yeah. I, 
I'm like, how the fuck am I 50? There's no way I act or I hope I don't look at you. My children have to tell me to do things like in a more grown up way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> for example, I'll give you an example. Last year or the year before, I can't remember now, we was in the garden and we'd all just like stuff for the garden. It all came in like um, cardboard boxes with the straps around. Right. So I've got a kitchen knife and I'm trying to cut this thing. And Cameron's sitting there and the last words out of his mouth were, don't pull it towards you. And then I stabbed myself in the face. <laughs> you don't fuck! <laughs> I'm in my late 40s. I shouldn't have to be told things like that by a fucking teenager. But and all I remember is looking up, my wife's face got pale and I'm out of sort of thought, I've got myself in the eye. Because it wasn't instant pain, and you didn't, I didn't really sort of register. You didn't look around and just got the knife embedded in your skull, Larry. I shoved it in my face. It was still in my face. Honestly, straight into the cheek, like <laughs> the higher part of the cheekbone there. And it was like a fraction away from my eye. But the fact that a teenager had to sit there and tell me that proves that I'm not mentally okay <laughs> to, be nearly, with to be nearly 50 years fucking old. <laughs> Terrified. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'm not cut out for being a middle-aged man. Oh, Though I do have slippers on, you do actually. Yeah. But they are Harry Potter slippers, yeah. so you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm still a child. Keeping it, keeping it old, uh, young school maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, terrifying. I'm not. I'm not okay with this. The fact that we're nearly fifty years old is shit. Yeah, but I don't feel it. Other, other than my like brain it, issues where I've already got dementia. I feel <laughs> it when I first wake up in the morning when my kidneys hurt for no reason. Well, it's not no reason. I know why the kid, my kidneys hurt. Alcohol. I think I'll bumble people. around and don't know who I am or what I'm doing. That could be part of a, a brain damage. But, it could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost my glasses on Christmas Eve and I only found them this week, possibly. They were just down with my books. <laughs> Even though I'd looked in my books, because I'd looked in there, but I'd also lost my wallet and I suddenly thought, oh, maybe I lost it. I had it with me Christmas Eve and we quickly rearranged the room to get the tree out and put more presents around. Maybe it's, I've put it, you know, behind the sofa where I've moved it and yes, there it was. But it went to a week later in the same spot I found my glasses. And even now, I think I've now lost my glasses case last night. <laughs> so, I'm crap for that. You might have a medical excuse so we can give you a That's bit of slack. Yeah. If it turns out that you're okay, then we're just going to take the piss. <laughs> <laughs> bumbling old man. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are we talking about? Uh, oh, stand by me. Stand by me. Right. Yeah, it's a great film. The, the, the kids' performances in that film are great. You mentioned Will Wheaton. Wheaton! Yeah. Uh, don't badmouth Will Wheaton. My wife <laughs> will kill you. She fucking loves Will Wheaton. We went to a Star Trek convention a couple of years ago. I met like Christopher Lloyd and William Shatner. Oh, okay. Brilliant. She met Will Wheaton. You know, I would go and meet him, but also because I'm a tabletop board game nerd as well. Yeah. And he's into all that sort of thing. Well, she so, said he was a nice guy, yeah. and he did generally seem like a nice, chatty guy. Any Star Trek fan, as you and I are, will tell you that Wesley Crusher was probably the worst fucking thing ever that happened to Star Trek. But then I did, like, I think I've mentioned to you that book called Red Shirts by John Scalzi. Yeah. The audio book, yeah, the audio book version is narrated by Will Wheaton. Oh. And it fucking works. Yeah. Yeah, it works really well. Oh, Especially because he's got that link with Star Trek, and this is a, it's similar and also ties into it in a little way. I might give myself that. I've got some um, free credits on my Audible account. Okay. So I might see if it's on there. Yeah. Treat myself to it. Yeah. Anyway, we digress slightly. But. Yeah, the, the, we were saying the, uh, the, the child the child performances were great. The fat kid <laughs> he, uh, actually grew up to be, I can't remember his name is now, he was in Scream 2 and uh, Piranha, he's the one who gets his penis eaten off. Oh, Jerry that. O'Connell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He grew up to not be a fat person at all. Yeah. <laughs> he grew up well. We went the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we I, were I, not fat. I did it the wrong way round. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, quite, it's a great movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Keith Sutherland, the bully. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's good. Well, Although part of bullying is not hitting mailboxes with baseball bats. But, yeah. no, but at one point... <laughs> it, 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 you don't have a lot to do in the... Was it the 50s? It does... I can't remember what it was. Progress, though, to the point where he's going to actually kill yeah. them. Yeah. They have a gun on him. Also. They're gun on him. Yeah, he's, he's, he, in a way, he's slightly similar to... I've got the bad guy in It. Yeah. It's yeah. a very similar character. Yeah, he, he goes from, like, a bit of bullying to... This uh, that probably will actually now. just fucking murder you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what are we on now? Uh, it's number four. Your number four? My number four is, I believe it's the highest rated film on IMDb, or it was, and it's from 1994. It's another Frank Darabont movie, and you have mentioned the book, because it's the Shawshank Redemption. Ah. Another film that I cannot fault, I don't think. No, it's one. Not horror, and it's... Fucking excellent. Yeah, it's a really, really it's a wonderful film. film. Yeah. Every moment of it is a flop. Utter flop. It got released and did no made no money. It was complete flop. Yeah, but I don't it, know whether it's because it was Stephen King and wasn't horror, so people went, Well, I don't know. In a prison movie. But it's brilliant. Yeah. All but again, all the performances in that movie are fucking on point. Everyone does. And it was Clancy like, Brown as the uh, sadistic um Mistcraft as the um the, the, the warden. Yeah. My money! You know, his performance in that is fucking brutal. Everyone's got a great performance in that. Yeah. I, I mean, Tim Robbins is a good actor yeah. anyway, um, if you don't factor in Howard the Duck. <laughs> well, I, yeah, anyway, we're not talking about that. Are you about to say... I don't like I, Howard the Duck. Oh, because... Because it's that dumb, cheesy fucking 80s bullshit. It's fucking awful. But it's dumb, cheesy 80s <laughs> bullshit that I love. I know it's a fucking awful film, but I could quite happily sit and watch it. It's... Listening this for another time. Yeah, I, I've got. I've already had the banger on my list. Any <laughs> credibility that I did have already. Yeah, it's not going well. I said I like Sleepwalkers. Right. But yeah, um, I like the music in Sleepwalkers. Weirdly, yeah, I'm like I like a fucking Enya track because that's the, that one at the end. And Alice, that's uh, Creek Creek. Alice Creek, yeah, yeah. I think she's um she's good in it. Like Even though she's boffing a kid, which is a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, but they are weird cat people. I'll tell you a funny story about Alice Creek. I thought say that. We were at a convention and my wife really needed the toilet. She grabbed hold of the first oldish lady <laughs> she could, said, excuse me, do you know where the toilets are? And this woman sort of like happily smiled and pointed to her and my wife's got to the, going off to the loo. I said, do you know who that was? She was like, what? I said, you just asked the ball queen where the toilets were. <laughs> She's like, oh, did I? <laughs> she said, she's ever so nice about it. I was like, well, yeah, but that was the ball queen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what the fuck were we saying? Uh, um, I was talking about Shawshank, one of the books. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I can't fault any part of that movie, I think. I struggled to know where to put it because it's yeah. such a good movie. Which is why it's above misery Yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get that. Yeah, I know you're baffled by my next three, obviously. This is, that's why this yeah. one's above misery. No, I, I get that. Yeah, the performances are top, top notch. I mean, I've been watching it and I hadn't at that point read the short story. So I don't think I've ever read it, actually. I haven't read many of King's shorts. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've got Night Shift. I've read it now. Um, I think that's also the one with the Langoliers in it. Is that the one that had Graveyard Shift in it as well? Yeah. See, the, the, I'll tell you now, that isn't in my top three of the movie. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> Brad Dorff getting killed by a fucking doom falling on his face. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the, 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 and a rat monster. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I, I, I can completely understand why um, the Shawshank Redemption is so high. It's, it's a film I think if I watched it now, I'd be as enthralled by it as when I watched it the first time. Yeah. Like, I it think hasn't diminished at all with repeat viewings over the years. I think repeat viewings benefit that film because you watch it the first time and you don't sort of know where the story's going and then, you know, spoiler alert all these years later, he escapes. And when you watch it again, things that he's doing 
throughout the film yeah, you pick up on make more sense. Yeah. It's all sort of a part of his, like, you know, the little rock hammer and he's chipping away yeah. at the wall. That one moment when he's dropping gravel. His name on the wall and his name falls out. Yeah. Like, huh. yeah. And then you realise that was his, yeah. his little epiphany. Moment. The only thing I don't understand is how when he escaped, he pinned the poster. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <That's laughs> sorry about that. That took some doing, I'm yeah. sure. So it's not without his flaws, but it's a fucking good movie. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I don't understand why it was such a flop. But then, a lot of great films are flop. The Thing was a flop. I'll just mention the fact that Blade Runner was a flop. But then The Thing came out at the same time as E.T. And people wanted to watch so did, so did Blade Runner, I think. I think that's why they, they, they struggled a little bit with that. Yeah, these films are... I mean, years later, they, they get the they appreciation they deserve. Yeah, become a cult film. But yeah, at the time, people don't know what they're missing. So it's, it's sad but true. You know, some flops are actually brilliant. Never take the film flopping as a sign so of... So it's a Howard movie. Duck. Howard the Duck shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a friend Andy and he runs his own podcast and I was sort of chatting to him oh, like, you and he, he does like a, 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 like a Vault of Cult podcast and talks about a lot of films that he loves that, that other people don't necessarily like I mean things like Masters of the Universe and that kind of oh, thing okay. always sort of crop yeah. up he loves How the Duck and I've listened to the podcast and I'm sitting there just quietly thinking you'll have to send a link to it because I'll be like I agree yeah you probably would it's got human on duck sex, or it will have at some oh, point. It's, in that it's all the little fucking sight gags at the start on Duck World oh, when he got right re- like, green as the last yeah, touch. You know, some duck woman in the toilet with your, in the, the bathroom with her tits out. Yeah, and it's just fucking. I'm just. Well, I, I mean, I watched it, but for me, it goes in with Masters of the Universe in a way. But it's just that dumb eighty shit. That's just fucking stupid. Masters of the Universe but, has a lot more going for it than how Duck. I mean, it's got Frank Langella. Skeletor, and he <laughs> should have won a yeah, fucking yeah. Oscar for that performance. <laughs> but I like the cartoon Skeletor voice, though. He's like, ah, beast man, you <laughs> fool! Yeah, yeah. But, I like that weird high pitch cartoon. <laughs> but Frank Langella fucking nailed that role. Yeah. It was the best thing about that film. What's well, the we'll name? When they do a new one, which is supposed to be. What's her name? Is Evelyn. Oh, oh what's her name? She's in a lot of the sort of, as an older woman, she's in more, like some of the Rob Zombie films. Oh, no, you mean, I can't, my friend's like, oh, yeah, she's, really nice. yeah, she's good, isn't it? <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, who I like, is very good in that film. <laughs> and the fact that they took it away from Eternia and yeah, put it on Earth, I was, was like, it's that Mario Brothers thing as well, where they've gone, and they did it with, the, I know this is a bit more newer, and I wouldn't, uh, it's a shit movie, like the Smurfs movie, you know, we'll take it away from the world they're set in yeah. and put them in New York. Yeah. Fucking why? I haven't seen the Smurfs movie, nor am I likely to. I'll watch it with the kids. It's that same. Didn't they do it with Sonic? You're in your world. Oh, now we're going to set it all in America or whatever. I guess it's easier for filming. You haven't got to create a whole... The thing that puzzles me about the Smurfs is there's one female Smurf. Mm. She must be busy. I'm not going to quote all the Donnie Darko thing about Smurfs being asexual. (laughs) I don't remember that bit. I love that film, but... I have a conversation about Smurfs are asexual. Mm. So I don't think they have genitalia. That probably works out better for Smurf. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, you can... Can we just now agree that that's the last time you're going to mention how to duck? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it probably today it will be. I like you, Mark, but my opinion of you is going really downhill. Well, we'll see what happens when I get. No, I think you'll be fine with my top three. Okay. So, yeah, my four was short shanking engine. Yeah, good pick. Good pick. It might be on my list. We'll see. <laughs> I've got a feeling we're going to get a lot of repeats now. My number four is a film from 1976, directed by Brian De Palma, and it's Carrie. And that's all I really need to say about that. that. It's Carrie. Fuck, it's the 1976 version. Oh, did you watch that remake? I hate it. It's fucking awful. The thing is, the 1976 one, you can understand, nothing against the actress, but you can see why Sissy Spacek was kind of slightly picked on and she played that character so well. Yeah. Whereas 
Um, I forgot her name. Chloe Grace Moritz. Yeah, you're, like, you're telling me that no one liked the attractive, quiet girl? Yeah. Oh, come on, she was too... Nervous. Not only that, when Sissy Spacek transitions to yeah. all-out psychotic telekinetic, and she murders the prom and then she's walking along and she sort of like they come out over the car and she's fucking terrifying yeah. at that point. You know, you can see she's gone. Like, yeah, she, yeah, you know, yeah. look in her eyes, she's gone at that point. She's completely gone over to the fucking bad side of things and completely fucking she's stood off. In the screen. remake, she just comes off like the next man villain. Yeah. And then they tried to make her look a little bit sexy. I think when she was doing it, there's a bit in the trailer where she uses her powers to flip the car. Yeah. I'm sure she's all like flowing clothes and all this sort of thing and they're trying to make it look Sissy Spacek went down the road of less is more. She didn't do a lot to like cause things to happen. She didn't do all these like over the top like hand gestures and shit. No, she just just it was a mind, just a look. Yeah, and it's terrifying that point where she's just gone and is just killing people indiscriminately. That's quite scary. I mean, she plays that part really well. But the remake, yeah, like I say, they had her come across as some sort of like covered in blood yet kind of attractive. Yeah, X Man. I don't get what, you're telling me that not a single boy in that school would attempt to hit on the attractive quiet girl. Yeah. She, yeah. she, she wasn't the right cap, the When, when she was asked for the prom, yeah. you think, well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Why wouldn't she be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have enough of that slightly weird distance, not part of the crowd kind of look and feel to her, the same as Sissy Spacey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean the, the original one, the '76 version, the it's it's, it's brilliant. Mm. It's really well made. You know, you, you feel even past the prom scene, you still feel very sorry for that character. She sort of goes home to her sort of uh, religious zealot of a mother. Yeah. Wasn't that one of the first movies to do the whole little stinger ending as well? Yeah, I think it was. It beat Friday the Thirteenth by a few years. Yeah, because it was one of those moments where you're like, oh shit, but a hand comes out. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot to answer for in that case. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, there's been done to death since, yeah. sometimes successfully, sometimes annoyingly. It's, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Sissy Spacek fucking nails it. She is both tragic and terrifying. Yeah, no, yeah. And that's quite a hard thing to pull off. I mean, like I say, even to the point where she sort of like dies by her own hand at the end, you still feel really sorry for her, even though I mean, she's like slaughtered. prom scenes just yeah. amazing. Yeah, so well done. You never got that from the remake. The remake, it was just like, oh, here we go. Even the, I forgot it was, it played that month now, even that wasn't. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? I can't remember. I can't remember either. We all know who it is. It'll come to me later and I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but she didn't, I don't know, she didn't feel as maniacally, like, or as far gone. Yeah. As, as the mum in the original remake. Yeah, Carrie's entire existence is oppressive. I watched the remake once out of curiosity. I'm never going to fucking bother it. No, I wouldn't. No, it's not the only remake. They did a remake in the 90s. Oh, didn't they? And I didn't watch it. But yeah, it's been remade oh, a couple of that? times. Oh, okay. I, 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 I couldn't bring myself to watch it. And the only reason I watched well, I don't even know what the reason I watched the newer remake was. I thought maybe it would be all right. I quite like the actress. But no, it wasn't very good. Hmm. The 76 version is If you're going to watch a Carrie film, yeah, you watch just watch that one. Yeah. yeah. Don't need to watch any of those. Nah, fucking ignore them. Just watch that. It's a good film. <laughs> even, I mean, my daughter, she's quite. She's got into horror, but she's very picky about it. She likes the more sort of like high octane sort of teen horror films, okay. like this, like uh, you know where there's something going on every five seconds, like the screen films and things like that. She doesn't like anything that you have to sort of sit patiently through oh, a slow okay. burn for a build up. 
And even she watched Carrie and thought it was great. Oh, okay. And she watched it off her own back. She didn't, like, I wasn't saying... Oh, you had to go, right, you're going to watch this. Yeah, you need to watch this, you need to watch this, which I have done to her. She's either, like, watch something or ignore me or watch what I've told her. She thought Halloween was boring. Oh, really? The original Halloween. I liked it. Yeah. I I can see that for a modern audience point of view, I suppose. Exactly. Kids want things faster these days. want to kill every five seconds. But, yeah, she watched Carrie and she thought it was great. And I was quite surprised by that. Mm. So, obviously, you know, it does... Speak it to audiences even now. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. Cool. Yeah. So was that my number uh, four, wasn't four. it? Four, yeah. So you're, you're set for my number three? Yeah. Three. So this is the one I've, I can't, no, I don't think you've mentioned it. And I've got a feeling, this is one I said to you, I think it's going to be your number one. I said my number three. I had a feeling it would be your number one. That's The Shining. <laughs> How is that number three? Well, you what? must have misery. It was number five. What better? And the Shining's than... better. You'll have to wait and see. The, the, the Shining is a really good film. Of course it's a good film, yeah. but there's, there's two films. Yeah, that are better, though, I think. I'm, 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 giving away, I'm giving away my list here. I know I am, but I'm just so... so but you see, so you want to know what was better than Misery, and I gave you Shawshank, and now The Shining. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, God. Okay. You're worried I've got a Langoliers or a remake of Pet Cemetery in number one. My brain is just working really hard to try and figure out <laughs> what shoves... Okay. What, what shoved The yeah. Shining, Shawshank, and Misery okay. further up the list? Right, right, right. The fuck could he be? <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll, you'll understand when I get to him. You might the, not agree, but you'll understand my reason. It's not the one where the comic goes overhead, is it? It makes all the machines start alight. <laughs> I back to my, that was my book, though, was it? Yeah. I thought that was just King Arthur. Well, I don't know. His head directing the movie. Well, you might be right. I yeah. don't know. I'm not, if it is a book, I haven't read it. But oh, I don't know what it could what be. What did I say? The Shining. The Shining, yeah. You made me have to look at my list again. Yes. Great film. I know. It's number three on my list. <laughs> Out of, I don't know, 50 Stephen King films, it's number three. Are there 50? Do you count them? I don't know. I'm just throwing them. I'm picking a random number out there. There probably is. Yeah, The Shining's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, top watch movie. You know, I mean, I know King doesn't actually think that highly of it. As a movie, it is so well shot. And, all right, you need to torture the shade. You've all got a bit of that. Did you watch the... I haven't seen. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, there's all, all, all the sort of like behind-the-scenes documentary stuff. And I watched it. And his treatment of Duval is, it goes so much further than what you might have read. Yeah. She's not very well one day, and he's going round very loudly saying to all the cast and crew, don't give her any stuff. Yeah. And you're just thinking, what a prick. <laughs> yeah, what a prick. He, that's that thing, and that might even be what's kind of nudged it down a bit for me, because that, he was so meticulous to, to levels that you don't need, and you, you know, in the, the walk-in pantry thing. Yeah. He had this turning cans to face a certain way. Did you watch yeah, the documentary? Did you see Room 237? It's good. <clears throat> but it's sort of like a lot of people talking about what they think The Shining was about and what people were trying to say. And they seem to think that it, it might have been about uh, the slaughter of indigenous American people. But then they have all that theory about Danny wearing a NASA t shirt and he's trying to say that he did fake the moon landings and all that kind of shit. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think I think that's bullshit. I mean I don't believe personally, not getting on a high horse here, that the moon landing was faked. It wasn't faked because the whole fucking world was watching them. You think their main rivals Russia at the time, who were watching it, would have called out like, hang on, we can see what's going on, you clearly haven't fucking been there. No, you know, it wasn't fake. You 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 can you can with the right equipment view stuff on the moon. Yeah. The, the argument is compelling. In the documentary, they're going on about, like, I think room 237, is the, the moon being like 237 million miles, not million miles, will it? But it's, oh, wait, no, just miles. Yeah. 237 miles from Earth. 
thousand on it. That's a bit close. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's that um, bloody movie again, the Moonfall. <laughs> uh, I saw the trailer. Shit, uh, I don't see me watching the film. Oh, shit. Anyway, yeah. I probably will end up watching it and then just sit there. It's like Geostorm. Someone yeah, it's, tricked me into watching that and I was like, this is oh, fucking I awful. Watch that. The Moonfall one is not something I'm going to spend money to go and watch. No. I can quite happily wait until that turns up somewhere. But yeah, the documentary is interesting. Yeah. You should watch it for that point. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to it. It's been on my list of things to watch for ages and I just haven't got around to it. It's on Amazon, I think. Yeah, I think. It's good. I've, I've seen it a couple of times and I enjoy it. But yeah, that. A lot of it, you just got to take at face value. And it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did have a train of thought about the movie. You kind of, you, yeah, I don't get the those things about the, the allegorical nature of it being like for the indigenous people and all that. It's like mm, I don't get all that. Surely you're just making a version of the book. No, I don't think it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, there are a lot of people. In... You can find subtext of meaning in it. Like we've had this conversation before. We used to have a review of um, with Jericho Avenue. Yeah. And he's like, there wasn't any. The people can find it. Yeah, I, yeah someone, someone actually reviewed my book and said, oh, I think there's something a lot deeper going on here. And I'm sitting there going, there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that many levels. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, a lot of people involved with Kubrick did sort of come on and say he didn't do anything by accident. Everything was intentional. Like not having the hedge maze. And, you know, the headshot at the hotel. Regardless of what, <laughs> what an asshole he might have been to work with, I mean, Kubrick was a genius. Oh, yeah. And I mean, because 2001 was, have you seen how they've done the effects and things on that? No. You know, the, um, the floating pen? Yeah. They had a transparent, oh shit, the microphone, a transparent disc of, I think it was like glass or plastic or something, and the pen was stuck onto it, and they're rotating that in front of the oh, wow. camera, and then she comes and plucks it off. There's so many clever little tricks. Yeah. And, and but even in this day and age, you know, they still, you still be able to use that same technique. Made in the, it was made in the 60s, and it's probably got the best representation of space physics oh, yeah. of yeah. any film ever made. And look, then, then tracks with the, the tracking shots where he's running around the station. Mm. Oh, fantastic. I watched it again recently. <clears throat> I mean, really recently. I'm talking weeks. Oh, I watched it last year at some point. Yeah, I was still blown away by it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quite into uh, physics mm. sort of. Astrophysics. I'm not an expert on them by any means, it's but I'm fascinated by them. Yeah, I watched that film and it's just so clever. Still, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Great. He is. He was a, a, a good director, and I, I really do enjoy the film. Which it's just why it's at my number three above George Shanker. Speaking of uh, 2001, <laughs> am I the only person who watches it every single time the monolith appears? Right, and that soundtrack they play over it really gives me the fucking creeps. Really uneasy, creepy the, feeling. It's kind of a, it's, it's hard to explain. You'll have to listen to the, yeah, to the music. music. Yeah, it, every time it's on, I'm just instantly unsettled. No matter how many times I see that film. Really unsettles me. It's just the soundtrack over the, the discovery of the monolith of the, the apes and the people find it, don't they? Yeah, because yeah. it's a long time until you've got any dialogue in the film, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because you've got, here's, a, here's some apes discovering weapons and finding a monolith and getting a bit freaked out by it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a great film. But yeah, it's a genius. And The Shining is a is an excellent yeah. movie. And that is my number three. Yeah, which, which is, I know has baffled you of my one and two. What's my one? number three? I shall explain. Oh, yeah. My uh, number three. It's a film you've already mentioned, okay. and they probably will be from now on. <laughs> uh, 1994, Frank Darabont, it's a Shawshank Redemption. Okay. So we're not that, yeah, one was number four, isn't it? So we're not that yeah. different on there. Yeah, we, as we just discussed, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. Yeah. 
brilliant. And you know, we don't need to say a lot more about it, really. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. If you haven't seen it, why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a bit of a thing for prison films anyway. Okay. I don't know why. I have this. I, I will pretty much watch anything with a shark in it. <laughs> anything set in a prison. Wait a minute. So, when a shark and saw women prisons massacre or something? That was a movie. Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. That. Hang on, I'll, whilst you're talking, let me IMDb this. I'm sure it is. I'm gonna look that's that. got to be your ultimate film ever. I don't know why shark movies just really fucking get me going. Not in a, <laughs> not in a sexy way, but yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit maybe. Yeah, I just love shark movies, even in the shit ones. I still haven't seen five-headed shark attack. No, I haven't seen that. Or three-headed. I've seen three-headed. I've seen it. And I've seen shark because yeah, I saw shark, which I quite liked. But I like the bit. I know. Well, God, we're really digressing. But I like the scene. There's two. There's two guys talking about ways they. Wouldn't want to die, and then the shark just grabs that gun. And he's going, "Oh, not like this!" I remember someone doing a bungee jump, and oh, just as they just yeah. to get to the end of the rope, it jumps out. That one gets Yeah, it's a great movie. It's not a great movie. Yeah, shark films I love. Anything set in a prison or any sort of drama unfolding on a plane. Twenty fifteen, Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre. Right. When it loads, I will tell you what. Uh, it's got a three point one. Is there anybody in it? There's people in it. But yeah, but I mean, anybody famous? Tracy Lords. Oh yeah. Yeah, bit of it. Um, she was in the Tommy Lots, lots of attractive looking ladies. Oh, was she? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there you go. That could be your ultimate movie. Fucking brilliant. I'm checking that out. <laughs> 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 yeah, anything set in a prison and anything on a. I will pretty much watch anything set on an aeroplane as well. Don't know why. I think I like confined space movies. So you need Con Air with sharks. I said, put the bunny back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You're perfect. Yeah. That's a, that's a movie gasm right there. <laughs> uh, what the fuck were you talking about? Oh, Shawshank. Shawshank, yeah. Yeah, well, we've discussed it in great length a while ago. It's, it's a pretty movie. If you haven't seen it, give yourself a slap around the so head. So what we've got here is that he likes films with sharks. <laughs> if Morgan Freeman was a hammerhead, mm-hmm. he would do his Yeah. This isn't a very good impression, but I'm going Yeah, it'll do. <laughs> no, you should narrate everything. <laughs> If he narrates like Jaws. Although he did, there was a moment where you're like, oh, he was in everything. Yeah. And it started to get a little bit, can we just, we know he's a good actor, but can you just not throw him into every fucking movie? They do that with Jaws. They, they did it with Gary Oldman as well. Yeah. Suddenly Gary Oldman was in everything. And now I like Gary Oldman. He's fantastic. But yeah, sometimes <laughs> you get too much. Like every, every other film you watch is like the same actor in every fourth or fifth film. You're like, I'm getting a bit. Worn out on this person. Yeah, it, it does happen. And yeah, I think Morgan must be getting on a bit now. Oh, definitely. So yeah, he's probably sort of like is, reeled yeah. it back a bit, speed up a bit more. Yeah, I don't think quite a nice story. Neither can I. No. But yeah, Shawshank is just a. I think I'm pretty sure it is the highest rated film on IMDb. Is or it? At least it was up to a couple of years ago. Like, yeah. So it should be. It's fucking so brilliant. It shows how, how for something that you said was a flop commercially, weirdly yeah. enough, it just shows how good it is. I mean, you know, you can't always go by ratings as everyone's personal preferences and so on. I think it was, the problem The problem it had was it came out the same year as uh, Pulp Fiction and oh, okay. Forrest Gump. Oh, and there were a lot of sort of high profile, good films, yeah. like very good films. Well, they kind of nudged They kind of railroaded it a little bit. Yeah, everybody was talking about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And everybody was like talking about Forrest Gump. Those are the two main contenders for like Oscars and things like that. Yeah, I think, okay. I think sadly that kind of just like shoved Shawshank Redemption under yeah. the carpet a little bit, but undeservedly because yeah. it's fucking amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's all I really got to say on that. What are we on your number two now? My number two is a film you have mentioned before, and that's Carrie. Okay. Yeah, I really like the film. I'm a big fan of the book as well, which is what bumped it right up at that number two spot for me. 
I really like the book, and I think the film's a pretty fucking good adaptation of it. I don't know, it's just something about the film that I really, really like. So yeah. I, I kind of thought it, even, I'm not a fucking Travolta fan, no. but he's good in this. Yeah. I like him being a bit of an asshole, and he gets, well, you know, you've got fucking Nancy Allen in it as well, there's a really good... Travolta really is good a good actor. In the right roles, in he's right a good actor. I, mean, yeah. I mean, when he sort of had that revival with Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction, and now I saw, I love Reservoir Dogs, and I saw Pulp Fiction was coming out, so, and then I read the cast list, and I saw John Travolta, and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's <laughs> what, what everyone's trying to take from it. But he nailed it, he was yeah. fucking brilliant. He was good. Yeah. And then he got put in a load of other things, and they weren't that. Uh, Get Shorty was alright, was it called Get Shorty? Get Shorty, yeah, I did that. was alright. Yeah. Um, then, then you had Face Off and Broken Arrow. Face Off was Which good. Are, face Off was alright. I thought it was right. I like it. It is the fucking stupidest thing ever. I like Broken Arrow as well. They've put his face on someone else and somehow they've changed his height and his entire body shape. (laughs) It's about changing someone's face, but... Yeah, because, I mean, I agree with you. Tell me this bloke's wife doesn't recognise him completely (laughs) going, that's a completely different thing as the one I've been riding for the past 20 fucking years. I do agree with you from that point of view. I mean, (laughs) Travolta is a bit dumpier than than Nicolas Cage. Oh, speaking of which, I watched Pig the other day. Oh, okay. Not a horror film. Not what I was expecting at all. I was expecting, like, John Wick avenging a pig type. <laughs> it's not that kind of film, but I do recommend it. It's actually quite It's the thing, Nicholas Cage sweet. is a shit actor, but lately, he's done some good films. His career is fucking taking yeah. a really interesting... Now we start doing that, that more horror-related things, because uh, what's the, the one, the Private Nights at Freddy's type thing? Oh, Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. That was brilliant. Cracking movie. We were watching that, and I said to the missus, because he hadn't spoken for, like, yeah. So long. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if he doesn't say the word the entire film? And he doesn't. You don't. He <laughs> mops the floor, goes and has an energy drink. Yeah. And then gets on with his job. And yeah. It was brilliant. I don't know what's happened lately. He's just doing good films. But there's always a lot of his earlier stuff. The it's only like one I... I tried to watch Mandy three times and I haven't got through it once. And a mate of mine is like, why can't you watch it? And he said, it's brilliant. And I'm like, I, every time I put it on, I get instantly bored. Okay. I don't know why. Colour Out of Space, I really like. See, that's a, I've still got to watch that, and I still need to watch Incident in the Ghost Land as well. Colour Out of Space, I think you'll like, because it's Lovecraft, and it's also yeah. body horror. Yeah. And you were sort of talking about, yeah, like... Right, it must be. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's some scenes in that that I wasn't expecting. I was like, ooh, fucking hell. Oh, okay. I think you you should really watch it. I think you'll like it. What a fucking uh, I was talking about Carrie. And then you mentioned Pig, which is fine, because she gets doused in Pig's blood. Yeah. Now, oh, I, I, I really like it. The performance is top notch. City Space X was fantastic in that role. And I think, because I was a big fan of the book, which is why it's part of the film. I mean, the film's great. I have no faults with the film, because I, I had it as equal power of the book, in a way. Some of them, you know, the adaptations are kind of... They, they differ so much, whereas this, I could... I'm really happy watching it. It's, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. Not just because it's got naked shower scene at the start of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by a really horrible menstrual fucking yeah, incident. Throw, plug it up and throw it up. But it, it, it does, it makes sense with that progression of this character where she's tormented and so on to eventually get to that point at the end of the movie where she... I'll tell you what is everyone. good. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen the film. It's been out. It's 40-some-odd years old now. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen the film. That bit in the prom where she's standing there receiving the... Uh, Crown or whatever, yeah, yeah. and the piece blood you get that shot is teetering, yeah. And the old of the rope, and that you still sit there after all these viewings, all this time later, still sitting there thinking, you know, it still grips you, and you're still thinking, shit. So that's quite that's that's a testament to how effective that scene is. I don't know if you know this or not, but when Stephen King was writing the book, he threw it in the bin. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And was done with it. He thought it was shit. And his oh, wife actually took it out of the bin, read it, and was like, "What are you fucking doing? This is brilliant." And they sort of almost forced him to complete it. Yeah. And the rest is history. He's fucking now Stephen King. But yeah, he threw it, he threw it away. He thought it was garbage. I, I think he was still Stephen King. But yeah, I know. Exactly. No, he, but now he's, he's not Stephen King. He's, he's Stephen King. 
Yeah. Isn't now he's a, the most well-known horror writer. Yeah, he's a name that everyone knows. You don't have to have read a book or yeah. see one of his films. People know his name. Exactly. But he was he was throwing that away. He's like, that's his shit. And his wife sort of convinced him that it wasn't. It was actually really good. I agree with your picture. You can see why you can see why certain things are not laying my list now. Yeah, I mean I I, I kinda guess my, using my logic. I kinda guess there's a group of films that are gonna teeter in the top spots. Yeah. And yes. you know, some will appeal more than others to someone else. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is it's you know, it's nineteen seventy six or late seventies, early eighties or to mid eighties sort of thing. It's a an era that I'm most of mostly a fan of, you know, it's when I was yeah, it's starting to make my appearance on the world, and yeah, it's just yeah, it's a it's the, the movies of that era. One time, are usually big fans of. Yeah, yeah, and it carries just something that just it's, it's one of those things that just works on a certain level for me that I enjoy every fucking time I watch it. Yeah, it, it does again, like I said, with Shawshank, it doesn't diminish for me. The only thing is now I'm even more puzzled as to what your number one could be. Okay, it, it's beat out Carrie, yep. Shawshank, Misery in the Shining. <laughs> What the fuck could it be? I think you'll agree with what I've put it there. You're not going to agree with why it's number one and such because you're going to put other things there. But yeah, you'll be okay. Anyway, baffled. It's your number two, Lee. Well, my number two we've already mentioned as well is misery. Okay, all oh, right. Yeah, yeah I, I struggled with the top two spots. Right, and then I said I sort of like really thought about it and thought which film means the more to me. So misery ended up in the number two spot. Again, it's a film and a book that on paper should be really hard to write without it being boring mm. because it's a man tied to a fucking bed. Yeah, yeah you've got two characters, basically. Well, he's not tied to a bed, but he's like in a yeah. uh, wheelchair. Yeah, he's, he's crippled, so yeah. he can't. But the performances are just fucking mind-blowing. Kathy Bates is fucking amazing. She could be really sweet and sympathetic and then scary as hell and fucking ranting psychotic. A ranting psychotic woman yeah. who won't even swear. Give me a bag of that effing pig feed and... Ten pounds that bitchly cow corn? And in the bank do I tell Mrs. Bollinger, oh, here's one big bastard of a check. Give me some of your Christing money? Yeah, she's just, just going to mention that. <laughs> she, has, that little, oh, she, she has her own set of morals, even when she's gone off the fucking rails, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but effective. She, she swears like real feral and elf, which is like, oh, you can't head in any muggins, kind of. That's yeah. that kind of thing that she does. Didn't get out the cock duty car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, even uh, when she breaks psychotically, she still has these morals that she just, like, won't... But then it's easy to overlook James Caan's performance, I think, because of how good she is. But you get that thing where she's telling him she's reading a new book, and you can see that, oh, shit, yeah. in his eyes, because he knows that she is a massive fan of his character of misery. And he knows he's killed the character off. Yeah. And this woman is going to go, he's not going to be fucking happy about it. Yeah, exactly. You can sort of see the, the way he conveys the terror yeah. as things start getting progressively yeah. worse. He, he plays that part really well in, in a role that really just requires him to lay in a bed for the best part of it. <laughs> he still gives a great performance. I mean, James Cummins, like, I mean, he was good in The Godfather. I don't know if you ever watched the TV series um, Las Vegas. No. He played like a casino boss. He was great in that. James Cummins is really amazing. He's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. He was in a film we watched recently. He's quite old now, as happens to people. <laughs> he lives next. He's, he lives in the house next door to these kids who make like a web series or something, and they're convinced he's like up to no good, like a killer or something. So they start spying on him and they're setting up cameras in his house and stuff. Oh, convinced that he's like some villainous character. And I'm not going to spoil it for you whether he is or he isn't, but it was a really good thing. Was it called? What was it called? I'm just going to type James Kahn in the IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell you what it is, but yeah, he was really, really good in that. So that's recent. Recent-ish. I mean, we're talking yeah. in the last sort of like 
few years. Have okay. a butcher's. Yeah, I'm going to quickly fill in, fill in the space of me just idly tapping Keasley. When you say it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that. that's what it's called. But it was a really yeah. good movie. Okay. Well, we've got Simon's feet to fill this. I'm getting there. Come on, internet. Here we go. James Carr. Dead air is a crime. No, it's not thief. This is, hang on. Dead air is a crime. Yeah, that's what I said. Sorry. I thought, is that, is that the name of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a saying there. I mean, radio, dead air is a crime. Yeah. Oh, that I just got it from Alan Powell. Yeah, it won't Queen Bees then. Pat Podcast. Is that it? No. 2020. Oh, that's a podcast. Uh, the Blue, Con Man, Undercover Grandpa, Holy Lands, The Red Maple Leaf, Texas Blood, Good Enough, Good Neighbour. Good Neighbour. There we go. Yeah. That's worth watching. Okay. Yeah, James Carr's really good at that. 2016, Yeah, definitely worth checking out. But yeah, his performance is, he kind of gets overshadowed by how good Kathy Bates is. He's still great in it. Well, I went to New York a few years ago and I was gutted because they'd done like on Broadway, they'd done the Misery um, show. And it's they not had. musical, is it? No, no, no. Oh my God, for that, that'd be fucking weird. It just finished when we got there and I was so pissed off because Bruce Willis was playing James Carr's character and, oh, okay. oh what's her name? Who was in, uh, she's in Roseanne from Screen 2. Oh, Marie Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. She was Kathy Bates' character. Oh, okay. You know, Marie was sort of like itching to go to a Broadway show, and I'm not really into that kind of thing. But I thought if, if Misery was on, I'd have gone. It would have been quite I just because you said Broadway, and I just had visions of a good musical. No. Are you going to break your feet? You can't walk down the street. I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to write that. No, it's not going to because I think the only, the only stage play that I've seen that famous people in was, um, uh, One Foot of the Cookie's Nest. Oh, yeah. Where it's Christian Slater playing the Jack and someone. I can see that working. It was because he basically modelled himself on Jack Nicholson in everything he was ever in. There's a few other famous faces in it, but he was the most well known. Yeah, if you watch Heather's, his character is basically young Jack Nicholson yeah. from The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I did queue up for tickets to the Spider-Man musical. And when I got there, they were so much more expensive than the sign had said, so I told them to shove it and walked off. See, this is why you need to watch Hawkeye, because there's a bit that he's watching a, like an Avengers musical, and it is fucking dumb as shit. It is so stupid. And it, it, but it's, it's supposed to be, because they were going to the whole kind of like, what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? And he's like, smash! Smash! <laughs> smash! Just, it that sounds fucking, awful. It's dumb as fuck. You're sitting there <laughs> laughing your ass off at it. And I All think right. at the very end of the series, the end credit sequence is, here's that entire thing that they shot for the musical, uncut. Right. And it is dumb as fuck. Hilarious. Yeah, I'll have to check it out then. I mean, I don't know why we haven't watched it yet. I think we're just sort of like stuck with trying to finish Supernatural. Okay, that's the yeah, hour I've been watching that. It's all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I was never really interested in watching it, but me and Marie sort of like do a thing where we'll watch what I want, what yeah. I like, and then we'll watch what she likes, and uh, I'll make her watch things like Buffy. I think the next yeah. thing I'm making her watch is about Star Galactica. Oh, crack me. Yeah, I've still never seen the new one. We may have mentioned this before. Yeah, but you need to watch that. I don't know why you've... I've the old one. I watched that as a kid with fucking... Um, this, yeah, but the old one is charming and yeah. enjoyable. Did you have, is that one with his robot dog? Yeah. Yeah. And the face out of 18, I can't remember. Yeah, but, but the new one is so much better. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard loads of good things about it. I'll, yeah, I'll it's brilliant. And it, it didn't outstay its welcome. It's a poor series. Mm. And ended, does it have a definite ending? Then? Yeah, it wasn't, and it ended perfectly. Oh, okay. It didn't hang around too long. To it me. wasn't something that ended up... Yeah, like the, the X-Files, where the X-Files like, just went on and okay. on to the point where I gave up. I think I got to that series when 8. Patrick turned up now, yeah. Just, I'm X-Filed out. I was disappointed. He's like, knocking on doors going, have you seen this boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, you should watch that stuff. Like, but yeah, we do this thing where we sort of like um, take it in turns to choose things and she loved Supernatural so she made me watch it and I don't hate it. It's okay. all right. It's quite funny. They have really stupid, funny episodes where like one, they get stuck in, in, in TV land so they're in like a hospital drama and then they're in a sitcom 
Mm. And it's that's quite clever and funny. There's yeah. another one where something so happens to him. Have we mentioned this before? Because I think I remember linking that to Shocker in some way. I don't know, but it's kind of like that. I'm but... thinking of Deja Vu, man. You're a black cat that's going to cross my path. Yeah. I'm in the Matrix. There's another episode where something happens to him and they get shoved into the real world where suddenly they're on the set of Supernatural. So everybody thinks that they're the actor the names. Oh, and okay. They're saying, well, we've got these stupid names. Uh, they think I'm like Jared Padalecki or something. And it's, it's funny. I mean, there were some good episodes and I'm, I'm not hating it. Yeah, I wouldn't have chose to watch it. I don't think there's anything I've ever watched. There's too many other things that yeah. survive my attention. No, but when we, when, like I say, I think the point I was trying to make is we're stuck watching that at the minute and we're also watching the book of Boba Fett and uh, we just watched, we just binge watched an entire day Cobra Kai. I've got two episodes left of Cobra Kai. I'm ready for the um, tournament. tournament yeah. It's good. And I haven't watched Boba Fett yet. I'm like, because my kids are going to watch it. So we're going to get them to get together. And, yeah. Because there's a second one down there, wasn't it? Yeah. At the time of recording. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's worth a watch. We've we wanted quite a lot from your number two of Misery. Misery, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that because you mentioned Hawkeye and then we got talking about TV shows. No, it was something before that, I'm sure. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, I know. We were talking about, oh, you talked about James Khan's Mabry thing. Yeah, that's good. That's worth a watch. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, he's brilliant in Misery. Again, it's, it's, it's a sort of single location film. Yeah, they really make the most of it. Because isn't this the one that King wrote from his? Character, probably. The one that I don't know. Inspired that? I don't know. I'm trying to think because he got hit by a camera, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if he's the one that inspired that. I think I read somewhere he's slowly losing his eyesight. Oh, I don't know. You know, it might not be out of the way he's getting on. Anyway, yeah. so what's forever for somebody of that age? Yeah, but that would be a shame because yeah. he couldn't write anymore. He's just bang him out. I don't know how much it is. If it's a narration. I don't know. I don't probably know. Like lay on the sofa say. eating grapes and, and <laughs> telling someone what, like Barbara Cartland. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, yeah, so we we spoke about misery already. We both think it's great. Yeah. It was number five for me, which amazed you. I know. And it's your number two. But the most exciting thing is I now get to find out what the number one is. And I can't for the life of me think My number one is something you have already mentioned. Oh, okay. It's my favourite Stephen King book and it's one that would cause you to have sex with an automobile. Oh, Christine. Christine. I really fucking like Christine. Yeah, it's great. It is awesome. It's better than those other films to me. It's it's my probably my most watched Stephen King movie. It's my favourite book of his. Ah, oh, just it's such a good fucking film. I can't argue I with really, that. I really, really like it. It it, it comes as some surprise that it's made it all the way it. The fucking awesome soundtrack and everything about that. That's even now a lot of those scenes still. I know it's reverse footage with the car popping back in, but it doesn't. Look it, it doesn't have no. that hokey. And the whole thing when he kills that, I think I mentioned that Mucci Welks or whatever his name was, where he's fucked himself down that little alley and the car just crumples itself in again. Fucking brilliant. Mm. Love it. So good. No, I agree. Such it's a, a great film. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat surprised that it's your number one. I didn't know you liked it that much. Yeah, yeah. I think if going by the adaptation rules, because it's my favourite book <laughs> and I think the film did such a good job of that. Yeah. I know it misses a lot because the book goes in a bit more about the, the ghost of the bloke who owned the car a bit more and how he's kind yeah. of possessing. But yeah, I just, I, re- I really like it. No, I mean, I, 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 I get the love for it. I, speaking of which, I've just ordered, uh, the soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a cracking, yeah. cracking soundtrack. Oh, I, I, uh, most, most stuff. I own, I own many LPs of John Carpenter stuff. Um, <laughs> huh? <laughs> vinyl Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's a, it's a great movie. And it, it's definitely on my top. What did I say? What did uh, great for me, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it. And I, and I will, I will, I will happily rewatch it. Over and over and over again, but um, as I mentioned with some of the other ones, it's something that hasn't lost any of that impact for me. I can put it on and enjoy it equally as much as I can first time around. It just edges those other ones out 
because the book is my favourite, and then adaptation-wise, it matches up enough to carry that whole story of what it was. Yeah, the book is the first Stephen King book I read. I was only a kid, and I got bought it for like Christmas or birthday. And uh, I just I loved every page of it. Mm. Yeah, and the film, the clever thing about it is, in the film especially, the, the, the character you want to see the most is the car. Is the car, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they take an inanimate, not an inanimate object, because it's a car, it moves, but you know, yeah, sort of like. Yeah, it's a, it's a lifeless thing, it's not a, Yeah, and it, it gives it so much character yeah. that it's basically a member of the cast. It's, it's yeah. you know, the main member. Is it 58, Tom Fury? Yeah. It's such, it's now an iconic movie vehicle. It'd be the same with you. I wouldn't go so far as Ford came in the vehicle. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> but I mean, I love cars. I mean, my, my wife will tell you, I'm a massive car head. I love fucking cars. And, it's such a beautiful car. See, for me, cars will take it or leave it. But that is a fucking stunning car. Yeah. And if it was a case of there was one available, I'm like, yeah, I fucking want it. Even if I never drove it, just to have it. It's, it's even a, the shitty version that Arnie in the film picks up. I would still buy that one. Yeah, so would I. And I would. I mean, I don't know a lot about mechanics. Well, I love cars and I love about fixing them, but I would find a way to, yeah, to fix it. Up. Even if it took twenty years, I'd yeah. slowly just. Yeah, it's 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 well, stunning. I'd get the evil possessed car that would just build itself. That'd be fucking so much better. Yeah. Saying that, I had a weird thing with my car on the way here. Well, because I've got the there's a little thing on my car that tells me how many miles of it says I've got left to do on fuel. Yeah. So I left the house and it says I've got 99 miles left in the car, and it was still on 99 miles by the time I got into town. Maybe you weren't looking in your room. No, but it drop as well. It dropped to 98 at one point on the way here, and then went back up to 99. Yeah, maybe if you looked in the mirror, you'd seen some like pacing your speed. <laughs> Feeding a, feeding a can. That's fine. If I've got some kind of rejuvenation. <laughs> like aircraft, like you know, when aircraft's refill in the air, they oh, have like a fuel plane sort of like thing. Like just putting some in for me. Not for airplanes, that would work. But <laughs> 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 well, I would happily have a possessed car to just fuel itself. Oh, that'd be all right. And yeah. repaired itself. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Especially the way my wife drives them. Okay, it kills people from time to time, but I don't have to pay any to get it done. So. She came home from work the other day. And she'd gone into the horse fair car park, and you know it's really tight between pillars. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's just all scraped and scrapped. Torn the wing mirror to shit. Oh, shit. And they're not cheap. No. <laughs> not yeah, anymore. Not <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I mean, I couldn't be mad at her. We've all done it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if we had a car that self-healed, oh, that would yeah. be ideal. The amount of times you've, yeah, you've, you've, you leave your car in a fucking supermarket car park, you're fucked. Because yeah. someone's going to wang a trolley it. or something. Yeah. yeah. They were going to open the door and you're going to hit it with a trolley. I'm one of those people I will park far away if there's a big empty area and it's the, even if it's the furthest away I'll do that. I'll quite happy and I'll get pissed off because some twat will park right next to me and there's still 10 clear spaces around the car mm. and I'll be quite swear at that. Yeah. But that car isn't just a machine. It's a piece of engineering art. Oh it's yeah. Beautiful. Like I, said, I don't give a shit about cars no. but that looks fantastic. Yeah. If I could get my hands on one I'd be well Oh happy. yeah. Yeah. But that, that's why it's my number one. It was my, it's my favourite Stephen King book, and I think it's my most read Stephen King book, because I don't read his that often, because they're usually quite big and take a bit to get through, but Christine, I've probably read five times, I should think. Mm. But, but same thing, it's probably my first Stephen King book. I got it when I was a kid, and I've read it every, say, five years or so. Oh, wow, it'll, really? It'll do the rounds again, maybe. I've only read well, it a couple of times. I really like I've probably read it four or five, I think, at least. Yeah. I really enjoy it. It's something I'll build. I've probably I've read that more than have, like, Lord of the Rings or something. You know? See, the thing is, pretty much anything else you'd have said in front of all those films you just yeah, mentioned, yeah, yeah. You I would argue. Yeah. But I find it very difficult you can see my logic. to argue with that. I, I see your logic. Yeah. I would find it very difficult to argue with somebody who's put a John Carpenter film in a number one spot. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was Ghosts of Mars, <laughs> then we'd be having an argument. Yeah. Did he use Soldier? Well, was that somewhere no, else? that wasn't him. That, that, was, uh, that was the bloke who 
did that was yeah that was that was the dude who did Resident Evil and Alien vs yeah I'm sure it was Paul W S Anderson was his name or was it just Paul Anderson now he had initials yeah oh yes I have initials yeah oh was it him okay I'm pretty sure it was him yeah I mean I can't I can't yeah you can you can see my logic. I know you were baffled at the start of why I would have certain like music at number five. Or yeah, I, I didn't see that coming, but it's, it's yeah, a Chris, good Christine is my favourite. It's, it's my favourite book, and for an adaptation of that book, I thought it done everything it needed to do to tell that story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very much a King film at heart, yeah. but it's got John Carpenter's fingerprints all over it. Oh, definitely, yeah. And yeah, early John Carpenter. These two things have meshed together so well. Yeah, early John Carpenter's untouchable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, if I had to write down a list of my favourite filmmakers, I can't imagine putting... John Carpenter anywhere but number one, based on the films that are his that I well, love, yeah, early, his early yeah, career. Yeah. But again, it's that, it's that, was it 1986, I think the movie was, and it's that era, yeah. that late 70s, early to mid 80s it that I fucking love. I'm sure it's 83. 1983. Oh, 83. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, they, yeah, it's in that era that I fucking love. Yeah. So yeah. that's Yeah. I mean, it might even have been the first. Stephen King adaptation I watched as a movie as well. I'm not. I was reading something the other day, I'm and they sure were, that could have been Satan as well. I was reading something the other day, and it was basically on about like bad remakes and stuff. And the fog came up, and I was like, "Well, yeah, the remake of the fog is shit." And they're saying mm-hmm. a shit film based off a not very good original film. And I thought, "Fuck off!" The original film's good. It's the fog. It's yeah. brilliant. It's an early camera. I think it's, it, it wasn't what people were expecting or what people were ready for. I have to have the TV on when I go to sleep because I have tinnitus in my ears ring. And I can't get to sleep unless there's some background noise. So I always put the TV on. And I generally try and put films on that I find comfort films that I'll just happily lay there. And I've seen a million times over. And The Fog is very high up on that list. Yeah. And we'll often just silently in the background put The Fog, not silently because I'll leave the noise, but <laughs> yeah, quietly in the background yeah. put The Fog on. And it's one of my favourite films just to relax and happily try and fall asleep to. Yeah. I must admit, I haven't seen it in a, in a fair while, but it's... Yeah, I thought, this person doesn't know what they're fucking on about. Yeah, the Fog isn't movie. shit. The remake, I'll give you. Yeah. That's crap. But, yeah, I yeah, The Fog's great. The only thing I could... Jamie Lee Curtis is very quick to hop in bed with Tom Atkins. Yeah, but he's Tom Atkins. Yeah, but this, yeah, but this is pre-mustache Tom Atkins. It's not the same. True. Tom yeah. Atkins without a mustache. Don't do it for me. He's still Tom Atkins, though. Yeah, no, he needs the mustache, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe, but I, 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 I can't fault anybody wanting to jump in bed with Tom Atkins really quick. I got good news and bad news, girls. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. No, pre pre mustache Tom Atkins don't quite do it for me. <laughs> yeah, the tash is better. The tash is like what makes Tom Atkins. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I um I've sat here thinking what the fuck's he picked, and when you said that, I I didn't think it was going to feature on your list because oh, okay. no, I, no, I no. thought you would have mentioned it earlier. So I, by that no, point, no. I thought, well, yeah, you, it's not something you expect in my number one. No, I didn't see that coming at all. But just let me off having the mic on the line. <laughs> no, <laughs> and nothing's going to let you off your hair with the duck comments. I'm not saying that. I said I weren't going to mention it anymore today. Yeah, so. I can't let it go. Like I'm like a dog with a bone. <laughs> Were they going to fuck? Oh, buddy! Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. She's she, she was definitely going to was definitely going to Species, fucking. Yeah, but then again, you, you got B movie for kids. That B fancy that woman fancies the fucking B. <laughs> she did. The woman's going to bone a B. I don't even know how that happens. I can't remember anything about that film other than the fact that Jerry Seinfeld's voice fucking annoys me. I watched it a few years ago because I've heard so much about it. Like, this is a woman wants to fuck a bee. And I thought, I'll put it on. It can't be that bad. Yeah, she does. She wants to fuck a bee. (laughs) I'm half tempted to rewatch it and see if I pick up on that. (laughs) How would that work? The dog makes more sense. (laughs) And that doesn't make sense. 
corkscrew penises as well. So that's going to be, just you have to, we just have to wind him in. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that works. Yeah. Rotate him clockwise yeah. to get him in. Rotate him anti-clockwise to get him out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's talk about fucking Hamilton. Okay, it's my or number one. Yeah, let's get to your number one. Okay, I think my number one is obvious. I, I don't even know if I need to say it. It's The Shining. Yeah. The miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm joking. I did watch that recently, actually, and it's the shit as I remember it being. I have never seen it. See, that's the point. Doesn't it follow the book more closely? Yeah. The hedge it's not the hedge race, it's totally the animals. Totally that's it. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's, I mean, that, I can understand why Kubrick got rid of those. It's shit. It doesn't work on film. No. Doesn't really work in the book. <laughs> it's scary topery animals. It's fucking. Oh, I don't know. I think we've all encountered a scary bush before now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but those days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the seventies anymore, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. That, that mini series. I mean, there's certain parts of it that they stuck more close to the book with. Like uh, Rebecca De Mornay is uh, Wendy, okay. and Wendy in the book was a bit more fiery bit more sort of like capable of looking after yourself and feisty. For some reason, uh, with Shelley Duvall's portrayal, they, they turned her into a bit more of a screamer. Yeah. But you can kind of, the way Kubrick makes the film and the way that events unfold, you can kind of understand why she is that way. I mean, if you were in that situation, I'd be a lot to fucking take in. Yeah. But she's not like that as such at the start of the film. And Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance isn't as amiable as the Jack Torrance in the book at the start. He, he, it's Jack Nicholson that he plays fucking... He's clearly a fucking so asshole. He, he plays him. mentally deranged so fucking well. Yeah, so you can kind of also understand why she might be a bit more of a broken woman. Yeah. She's completely freaked out by this massive change in her husband. Yeah. And then and the fact that she's trapped and she's trying to protect the She's seeing ghosts. Sense. They're popping up all over the place. Does she see any cat? Yeah. Um, after... After Jack's had his complete meltdown and she sort of like fled. Before she finds the pages for the whole all work and no play. It's after that, towards the end of the film, she starts running through the hotel, oh. trying to figure out get aside. Mm. All the guys start presenting themselves to her. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it makes more sense that she's broken down because Jack Nicholson's portrayal of that is, is clearly not okay from the start. I mean, I know he's supposed to be an ex-alcoholic who um, sort of injured his kid yeah. with a bit more forceful yeah, approach. Which looks like he's well mentioning Dr. Steve, doesn't he? Because he says yeah. about, he had his five months little token of being sober or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. No, it's, a, it, it's, it's weird though for a film that even the scenery is iconic. Everyone knows that fucking carpet. Yeah. In fact, um, I was talking to you earlier about the Guardians of the Galaxy game. That carpet shows up in, in part of the game. You're like, oh, it's a fucking shining carpet. I mean, it was in Toy Story, wasn't it? It's just... Yeah. How often does that happen? You get an iconic fucking carpet. Yeah, when it's Sid's carpet. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, that was picked purely because it fucks me ahead. Mm. I mean, that is a weird pattern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the, the, the whole, the, I know they changed, it was originally supposed to take place, uh, the overlook was supposed to be like the Stanley Hotel. Stephen King stayed there, mm. and apparently it's supposed to be haunted, and that's where he got the idea of shining mm. from. But they changed it to, you can actually go to the one they used in the film, it's called the Timberline Lodge in Oregon. Okay. When we were looking at booking a holiday, we were originally touring with that sort of places over America, through America, that yeah. different places uh, that were used in horror films. Like, I think the house from the Texas Chainsaw is now a restaurant. Oh, from from it's like the house from house. No. And uh, you can go to, like, the, the Blair Witch Woods. And um, you can, I, I, I'm part of this lottery that gets drawn every sort of month to see if you get tickets for, like, Camp Novi Bosco, which is, like, where they film Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. I've won a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. On occasion, I just can't afford to fly yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. We thought we could probably do something like that, do a bit of a sort of like a horror tour of 
locations in America oh, and that kind of thing. Like that. But yeah, you can go stay at the Timberline Lodge. And if you go in the winter, it's snowbound. Oh, nice. And that would be really quite yeah, cool. Yeah. You make me rethink one, because I was debating on for my 50th to do like a Transylvania thing. Mm. But maybe that would be. I've been to Transylvania. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. I've been talking this because my daughter's getting it. It's cheap as fuck. Yeah, I've heard good things. Really cheap. We had, we had, we had a win. I'd like to go to one, at least have one night on the um, ice hang channel, so that'd be quite cool. Yeah. I'd love to do that as well. Yeah, that'd be pretty groovy. You should definitely do Transylvania. We, we had a day out. We went to, um, we stayed in a place called Brazov, and Bran is where they, you go for like Dracula's castle, and, and Bran is like a small village, and it's, it's Transylvania. Yeah. You know, everything you think you they would expect, see yes. in Transylvania. Some distant wolf howl or something. It's, it's grand. Where we stayed, sort of the foothills, the mountains and stuff. Nice. We sort of took a walk in them. And it, it, it's beautiful. But it's, we went to, we got, we, we got about five or six different buses because no, it's not touristy. Nothing's in English. Oh, okay. So we wanted to go to Bran from Brazov, mm-hmm. which is probably the equivalent of coming here to Peterborough. And, uh, we had to keep changing the buses because we kept getting on the wrong ones oh, because we right. just couldn't fucking figure it out. And in the end, we got a taxi and said, we want to go to Bran. So we went to Bran and then we did the, we had a few beers and did the Castle Dracula tour. We came out, we bought loads of souvenirs for kids and stuff like that. And then we went for a pizza and a couple more drinks. Then we got a taxi back and we come back. Pizza just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> and then we came back and we uh, went out that night. We found like it was weird. We were in the middle of Transylvania and we went to an Irish pub having a Greek night. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. but we were drinking <laughs> so, so much. I mean, obviously Eastern Europeans like a drink. So I'm happily sort of keeping up with them and yeah. this bloke's making me all these different drinks. At one point, I had something on fire. Then I had to inhale <laughs> the fucking smoke before you drank it. And we were getting nicely munted and Marie let us down a bit because I looked at her at one point and thought, going over the minute, she's fucked. She disappeared to vomit and then we sort of eventually did go crawl back and she's up every half hour that night vomiting. Oh, she just drunk so much yeah. and she had some Guinness in some like an Irish car bomb and she can't drink Guinness. So but anyway, when I looked the next day, everything we'd done that day, I hadn't spent a hundred quid. All oh, right, it's so okay. fucking cheap. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that's always been on my list of places to go. And where my daughter's been, they've been doing gothic horror at school. Yeah, she was up for that. But then again, um, she watched. What was it? She watched me. Um, As above, so below, and she likes the idea of the catacombs now. In Paris. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these guys just bring through the fucking bones and stuff. And she just loved that idea. To come and look. I've done the ones in Edinburgh. That's worth a look. Okay. If you ever fancy a weekend away, if you go to Edinburgh, they do like, these ghost tours. They take you to the catacombs. They take you through all these different little catacombs where they used to store the bodies during the play. Oh, okay. I'm leaning against one, listening <laughs> to it, and I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> That's worth a look. But yeah, if you go to Transylvania, if you go stay at Brazov, if you go the right time of year, you can get a taxi, takes you round at night. So you can watch bears coming down out of the mountains oh, okay. into the town and feed them from the bins and stuff. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they were hibernating when I went, so I was pissed off about that. And you can also go feed wolves. Oh, nice. You can go like the uh, proper sort of gypsy, Romanian gypsy yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of like camps, and you can feed the wolves and stuff. Just make sure if they want an extension on their mortgage, you fucking give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> you get a and nick your you. button off yeah. your fucking coat. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it, and it's cheap. I mean, you fly with like Wizz Air, and it's fucking cool. Fucking Wizz Air? Yeah, you fly basically the plane for a big pink cock. I just, so I just, whiz there, I didn't know if it was quick or it's like your, your pilot is like a wizard. Yeah, Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's worth going. Cool. Yeah, yeah you should definitely do it. But yeah, the America thing. Uh, uh, yeah, we're really wandering off the shine. Well, I suppose we. Yeah, we you, you guys stay at a hotel, basically. Yeah, yeah people, that would be a cool thing. Some people we know did it. They went and suddenly they were, I didn't even know they were going. Um, and they were suddenly posting photos on Facebook. I was like, that's the fucking overlook. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. you can also stay at the Stanley Hotel that Stephen King. Yeah, got the inspiration. Yeah, apparently okay. it's supposed to be haunted. If you believe in that kind of thing or not, okay, It'd be worth doing. But I thought the Tour of America thing because we wanted to end up like in like New Orleans or something, 
and go on like the Bayou boat trips. Catch it. So I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Some more, right? Yeah, but I'd like to do one of them. We're taking all these weird, like you know, like the uh, House of Thousand Corpses. You know, like those sort of weird sideshow, privately owned places. I'd love to go and visit. We do one that takes in all these weird, on wonderful, independently run. Mm. Probably no fucking <laughs> health and safety kind of places. But I'd love to go and use weird haunts and that. They're all, you know, just bag of chicken at the end of it. You sound fucking chicken. It's <laughs> 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 really weird, man. But yeah, I'd love, I'd love to go on an end for the American. I did. Uh, I did a tour of some of the sort of famous movie buildings in New York. I found the Ghostbusters fire station. Nice. That's quite cool. They've even got the symbol painted it on there. It's painted on it. I did the apartment building from Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. Uh, Yoko Ono lives there now, yeah. but she wasn't receiving. <laughs> and the which way you want. And the apartment they use like, for Ghostbusters Dana's apartment. Although I think they sort of did add extra floors right on top of that to make it look a bit more sort of daunting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But yeah, that'd be good fun. I think doing mm. something like that, and we we settled on a trip to Hawaii in the end, so I didn't get that. Yeah. But that was cool. Yeah, what we talking about the shining? We talked about the shining. We we got really lost talking about the Overlook and you know, visit. Mm. What the location? I don't really know what to say about it. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's. It, yeah. I mean, it was was it number three? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. one of those and films I have seen so many times. And I love it just as much each time I watch it as the first time I watched it. As soon as that first note of the score comes in and the camera's coming, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. straight away. You, you, you can hear that first note and know what that's from. I love the music score. It's fucking creepy as. Yeah, I mean, there's all these so weird wonderful. strings and stuff like that. But there's a thing, I noticed a lot in, I think that's, it was a bit too much in Dr. C was up the heartbeat. Yeah. It's a fucking lot in there. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's to a sense where you're so you're aware of it too much, and you're like, "Oh, there's the heartbeat again." Yeah, I think it starts off a little bit. You don't notice, and you go, "Oh, hang on, yeah, heartbeat's there again." That was a little bit overdone. Yeah, I mean, I've been desperately trying to get hold of a good copy, a, a nice packaged yeah, copy a of the score copy on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> I am a vinyl collector, <laughs> and I I can't find one that's not hundreds. Uh, yeah. They did release. They released a couple of. What? Is it uh, was it Waxwork Records? I think they released a couple of seven inches coloured vinyls. So the the vinyls sort of coloured the same as the carpet. Oh, and that's got some of the score on it. And you can get by two. There's a red a red press uh, cover and a yellow press cover. I think they're about fifteen dollars each. And I wasn't. Yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't buy them. I might actually look up this and see if they're available. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to get hold of it. That that score is one of my favourite like scores from a horror movie. It, it, again, it's so iconic. Yeah, it's just like I say, there's all these weird, creepy strings throughout it and stuff like that that really add to the atmosphere of the film. It's a very atmospheric film. When things start going wrong, you feel it oh, yeah. like you're in it. And that, that doesn't waver for me all these years later. Having seen it when I was a kid, through to now, I would, if someone said to me, do you want to watch The Shining? It doesn't matter how long ago I'd seen it or what I was doing. I'd be like, yeah, fucking bung it on. I think we've got, yeah, we've got the same thing because I said with my top three, I, I can happily watch it and enjoy it as much now. Yeah. As I did the first time I saw it. And I, I love introducing The Shining. I remember when Cameron started getting into horror and I introduced you've got to watch The Shining. If you want to watch horror movies, you have to see this film. And he's, well, he's 17 now. He loved it. He could, he could honestly understand why I think it's such a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, uh, my daughter, not so much. She thought it was boring. Which is a weird fucking critique yet. of anything. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, I've not introduced my daughter to it yet. She watched a little bit of Doctor Sleeping yesterday. And, I was, and then I finished it off and thought, yeah, she probably does need to watch The Shining first. Hmm. At some point in the world. Yeah. I mean, my, my boy wants to watch Jaws, so I need to get that done probably this weekend. Yeah. But I mean, in, in Doctor Sleep, that part when he goes back to the Overlook and he, yeah. has to go, he says he has to go in and turn it on. 
and he's walking through all these like different sort of like iconic rooms yeah. and hallways from the film and that and they've sort of decayed in that over the years yeah, so the, the, the whole red room yeah but that was kind of like sent a bit of a shiver down my spine mm. just re- revisiting all these sets from a film that I yeah, love so the, much the whole but they repeat the, the blood flood yeah but this time everything's rotten and decayed yeah yeah it was good but that's why I think yeah, Jimmy Star again m- much like I said about Christine with the car being a character oh, yeah. the yeah. Overlook Hotel was a character yeah. in that film and probably the, the one that you love the most. I mean, I mean, obviously the film's called Christine, you know, like that one, so obviously yeah. it is going to be, but it's, it's, everyone knows that car, I think, without even having seen the movie, people have a very, not everyone, but people will link it. Yeah, even if they can't remember what the car's called, yeah. they will still like, think oh, that's Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the the Overlook is the same. The Overlook is a character yeah. in that film. Oh, really. And, you know, uh, Mike Flanagan obviously mm-hmm. knew that enough to revisit it yeah. so fondly at the end of the uh, Doctor Sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, um, like I say, if someone said to me, do you want to watch The Shining? I'd be like, yeah, whack it on. I love it. It's fucking, it is, it is a masterpiece. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I love Kubrick. I love a lot of his films, like Full Metal Jacket, um, 2001. Yeah, I love it. But The Shining is my favourite of his films. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. So that's my. Okay. And what we, we weren't that different, really. In fact, uh, we, I, I messaged you on Facebook last night and I said, I have a feeling that my number three will be your. Number one, yeah, and it was, yeah. yeah there I, you go. I had a feeling it shining be your. Yeah, it was basically it was that and misery, and I thought it's got to be shining. I'm, I'm glad in a way that I'm, I'm, I like how you were baffled by me putting misery at five, but I'm glad that you can understand why I've done it yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, I would, I didn't know what to expect for your number one because when you said like, oh, what are you, what the hell have you put above it? And I'm thinking, well, you mentioned Christine now, you're not, yeah, but I guess you didn't think I rated it that high. No, I thought you'd probably, I thought it'd probably one of those films that kind of slipped off the list. You were like, who's putting the manga on his list? There's no fucking telling <laughs> what's going to happen now. No, that's it. Oh, I don't know. It, it could have been anything. <laughs> <laughs> All bets are off when you mention the mangler. I stand by it being a fucking <laughs> fun film. I know, uh, I will hold up my hands and admit, yes, I know it's not a great film. I know it's fucking dumb. That's the but thing. It's, it's something you can just put on and go, I just want to have a bit of fun and I want some splatter and I want some silliness in it to a certain extent and I can just get it out of that. It's fucking Ted Levine and Robbie England. I'm That's the thing about film, I always think. I mean, you know, you can mention a film and people are like, it's fucking garbage. And you can think to yourself, I can see why you think that. But I rate a film on the amount of fun I have watching yeah. And, you know, somebody, I mean, I'll go to the cinema and I'll watch a film that isn't very well uh, received critically or commercially or whatever. And people are bad-mouthing it. And I'm thinking, you obviously just weren't in the frame of mind that I was in when I went to see it because yeah. I had a blast fucking watching it. But you and me as, as well, def- I think a lot of horror fans, but definitely us two, people were like, we will, we will seek out garbage films. Yeah. If you see a film's got like a 2.1, you're like, oh, it's got a really, like we said, five-headed shark attack, where it's got a stupid name, or we just mentioned that Arkansas women's prison mask or whatever the fuck it was. I'm going to watch it. I think it comes... I mean, shit, if it's got crap, right? It's got a stupid name. It's going to be dumb. I'll give it a go. It'll either be crap, or I'm going to fucking have a laugh. I think it comes from the fact that we're not, like, a generation that started with the internet. So we had to yeah. physically... The only way you found that film was good was watch the fucking thing. Yeah. Nowadays, I see people, they either go on IMDb, rating, or they go on some, like, Facebook horror group, is this worth watching? Is that yeah, worth that watching? And it pisses me off. Watch this film. Yes, watch, watch it, it and make your own fucking mind. We had to go into a video shop or a cinema. Yeah. Uh, video shop was more likely. Well, back in my day. Mm-hmm. The cover yeah. art or the title. So the... you had to physically wade through the shit to find a gem. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, that's why we actively like to watch yeah. shit films from time to time because it kind of takes you back to a time where you just... Yeah. I would never ask somebody if something was worth watching. No. 
the I'm idea of doing that is completely fucking I'd ask what did you think of it? Yeah. And I might take that on board, but <laughs> clearly I don't fucking listen when you give recommendations. No. <laughs> but you, you give me something with like a really cool looking cover. I mean, I was obsessed with the cover of The Deadly Spawn. I hadn't seen that film for ages, and it was always one that I saw on the in the VHS stores and that. I saw that meatball, all these fucking teeth poking out of it, and that cover was like, fuck, I need to watch this. Mm. It took me a while until I got me out of it. Just that cover. Then give me a stupid title. You give me a blood-sucking Pharaoh from Pittsburgh, wherever it is. I'm going to fucking watch it, because the title's done. Well, I was the same. When I kind of got into horror, I was just a kid, and it sort of, my, my need to see these films spawned from we had a video shop in Town called Ritz. Yeah, yeah. And their horror section was downstairs. So my parents were going to Ritz videos to like browse the new films and that. And my dad won't watch horror films. He doesn't like them. The Ritz follow him to bed. Yeah, they, the horror films follow my dad to bed. So he never rented them. But I would wander downstairs and be absolutely fascinated by these covers. Mm. You know, you'd have like the, the, the artwork for like Freddy's Revenge. And then you'd have House and fucking, I don't know, Reanimator and all these things. And it was basically the horror movie covers back then were like heavy metal albums. Yeah. Which is the same reason I got into Iron Maiden for the artwork on the fucking covers. Yeah. You know, I was just, I had to see these films because the artwork was. But the, the first heavy metal album I bought was Iron Maiden's first album. I, I don't know if I'd heard of them or not, but I know I had some money and I went to buy, you know, buy myself my first ever cassette mm. in fucking Woolworths. And I picked that up and there's a zombie looking motherfucker on the cover. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have this. I probably had heard of them, but I didn't know anything what it was about. I just knew, I, I knew it was a sort of a genre that I was interested in. Exactly. And so a fucking zombie on the front of mine. So as soon as we were like, I ate a great to like rent horror films, mm. all these titles that you'd stood in there sort of looking at the covers thinking, wow, that's fucking awesome. You rented. Yeah. Because you had to see it. Yeah, you didn't yeah. know if it was good or not. Yeah. Just, there was nothing, there was nothing, no online presence to say this is a brilliant film or this is a piece of shit. So you had to sit through them. You had to watch them. And that's why we don't mind. That's why I like Yeah, but we don't mind sifting through <laughs> no. the shit yeah. to find the gems. And the thing is, well, some of these films, you, you can watch them on your own and they'll be shit, but you watch them with a group and you can all have a laugh, even if it's just taking a piss out of it. Sometimes it just does depend on yeah. the, the atmosphere or the, who, who, the, the location you're watching it in or who you're with. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's, it's a shame now that people are like, is this any good? Is that any good? Yeah, that annoys me. Just watch it and then say, oh, I've seen this, it was brilliant, it really amazing. Talk about it after. There's so many horror groups on Facebook that I've joined and then left because that's all that happens. Yeah. Somebody will just be like, is this a good film? Is this worth my time? Should I watch this? Have a fucking independent thought, yeah. for fuck's sake. Because otherwise I'm constantly going to put, yes, you should watch it. Yeah. And then it goes garbage. But yeah, but you should have watched it to make your own mind up. Yeah. It's not- because, you know, sometimes garbage appeals to you. Some, so, one man's shit is another, yeah. uh, is another man's fucking I mean, gold. We review stuff, but no one's, not everyone's going to agree with what we say. We don't agree with each other a lot of the time. Yeah, no, but that's how the duck. <laughs> I was going to say midsummer. But. Yeah, I liked it. You didn't. No, you just fucking walking in a bunch of flowers at the end. Fucking stupid. No, I, I thought it was a good movie. There's but... a man in his bear costume looking really fucking sad like he's been woken up from hibernation. Yeah, but he stitched into it. Yeah, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. You're not always going to agree. Do you have your own fucking opinion? Yeah, Reviews out there give you a, a little hint, a little like this sounds like my sort of thing. Yeah. Rather than it's not about the rating it's got. It's just about what is give me that information about the film to make me think. Oh yeah, this does sound like something I want to watch. I'm not worried if it's got fucking one star or five. If yeah. I like the sound of it, even if you go it's absolute shit, but I like the sound of it, I'm going to give it a fucking go. I mean, if we didn't do that, we'd never watch any trauma movies. No, exactly. Or, or full moon movies. No, you know, but, love a lot but we grew up with them. Movies, yeah, so. we fucking grew up with them. We love them. And a lot of movies that are low budget, even by fucking promo standards, we're still watching. Right? Yeah. yeah, I can't it. 
yeah, they actually, on my fire stick, they've actually got Troma app now oh, that I downloaded, cool. and I think everything they've ever made is on there. They did put, I don't know if they've still got them on YouTube. They did put my stuff on YouTube. I don't know if they still did they? have to have a look. I don't know. Yeah, they, did, they did at one point. Yeah, but for God's sake, stop asking people to fucking watch something and just watch it. It's, it's, just watch it. Make up your own mind. It's, it's what we did in the old days. And if I think, I still believe if I lived two doors up in a video store like I used to. Oh, yeah. I would still just wander in there and, and get titles I've never heard of. Because well, there was, um, there's a, but yeah, there, where I used to live in, in town here, there, there was a, um, like a spa shop or whatever it was. Mm. And they were still renting stuff out. And that's the first place. Was it May? Do you know, the, was it like Lucky McKee? It's slightly Frankensteinish. And I would, I would still go and rent. It's, it's a cracking film. I think I bought it. Yeah. I'd still go and rent stuff out because you go and go, oh fuck, I still haven't seen this movie. And it was still, a, it was early internet days. So it was still, I guess you still maybe a little bit dial up or just come out and dial up. I hadn't got it at that point. Yeah. I wasn't advanced enough. So I'd still go in the shop and go, oh fuck, I got a couple of films. I haven't seen them. I'll grab them and see what they're like. Yeah. Stuff I'd only maybe seen like three sentences about in Fangoria or something, but they just do a little, this film's coming out. This is what's about. I haven't even seen a review, just a brief synopsis, and I'm like, I'll give this a go. I kind of lost interest a bit with the whole renting process when everything just became blockbusters mm-hmm. because they never had the the independent stuff kind. Yeah, of. the the tit- the older titles. Yeah, what to see? Everything was like the newest blockbuster. Yeah, like let's get twenty copies of the newest one. Yeah, and I know they could order them in for you, but I just kind of I think the only thing I ever got them to order in was a Hammer Horror box. Yeah. I bought on DVD. Yeah, it kind of got. It suddenly became sort of just the, the mainstream stuff. You didn't get the the selection that you did with independent stores, yeah. where they'd have a fucking great horror section. Although I did like, was it free Netflix? Didn't Amazon do a rental? Love film. That was it. You can get some really fucking bizarre stuff on there. I've, I've got still got some love film. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've got um, I think season one of the monsters. Hey, do you really want me to admit this? Bezos is going to come around and fucking. <laughs> His weird flesh, it makes him look like a piece of boiled ham, and he's going to come in fucking. When I, when I moved house a while back, I was like looking through some boxes that were under my bed or something, and there's some love film. This, this season one of the monsters, and I can't remember what else it was now. Some film. What's the film with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in it where he kidnaps? Is it called Chained? Oh, he's got the. Yeah, he kills the kid's mum, and he takes the kid as a prisoner. Yeah. And tries to make him be like a killer like him. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's that. Yeah, I'll just I'll send him back. Why is it found so much bizarro shit up here? So I wrote, I got, had an old, I can't remember what the fuck it was called now, but those, uh, the Japanese tables with the heaters on. So you sit under them and keep your legs under them and keep yourself warm. There's one of them about one of them tables that kills people. Because <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, all this weird shit that I cannot <laughs> find anywhere. And they're all under the films. I'm like, yep, yeah, I can rent them. Yeah, I don't know why I forgot to send them back, but I still own the monsters. <laughs> And chained or whatever it's called. Anyway, should we uh, wrap this one up? Because we've digressed a lot. We've done our top ten. I think we almost completely agree with each other. I know, obviously, I've got one you probably don't. Yeah, I mean, our lists are pretty <laughs> similar, just in different um, slightly different orders. Orders. I think the only one that really crossed over was number six. Doctor Sleep, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need to decide what we're going to do for the next uh, episode. Uh, you said something about black and white films. I think that could be quite interesting. The more I was thinking about it the other day, I thought there's some really fucking cool movies yeah, quite yeah. obscure although I, w- I will have to bring you my copy of um, Lost Skeleton of Cadaver because <laughs> it's the best modern black and white film you'll ever see yeah because everything about it I think if you didn't know you'd almost think you're watching a genuine 1950s movie oh wow because everyone it's got that thing where everything's stupid but all the characters play it really straight apart from the fucking skeleton which yes it is a skeleton on a fucking stick but there's odd bits where they mention like 
you know, you go in there and they say the lost skeletons and cuts to the skeleton going, ah, that is me! <laughs> <laughs> he's like the, the only one who's kind of self-aware yeah. that he's in a shit movie, if you like. Right. Whereas everyone else plays that straight character is fucking me. And, uh, oh, I've got to give it a watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll think, I've got that on the sequel on DVD, so I'll think about it. Yeah, we can do that. I have their fucking low-budget, <laughs> low-rated films, of course, I'm going to like We can do that if you want. So black and white movies? Or yeah. Just in general, or, oh, I don't know, I can do a top ten, but it's too fucking many, that'd be hard. Yeah, I think you've got to find Wizards out of 10. Oh, Jesus. Okay, that's going to be tricky. But uh, well, all, all early ones, obviously not. So we're going to go 1950s B-movies. Uh, no, they don't have to be 1950s B-movies. Uh, I mean, not pretty, you know, I've already mentioned Oscar, but that probably be quite, Yeah, we'll see then. Yeah. Okay, that can be They can be any, any sort of era, <laughs> but they don't have to fall into... Well, depend, I mean, if we're doing black and white movies, that can include the lighthouse, or are we going specifically for B-movie-ish? They can include that. Okay. Yeah, just black and white okay. movies. Like white horror, okay. Yeah. All right. Or, you know, at least have like a, a horror element to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I know we sort of didn't do that today with uh, films like Stand By Me and The Shawshank Redemption, but. But then again, you could argue they've all got horror elements. They're being bullied, they find a dead body. Someone's trying to bum him in the prison so, showers. Yeah, that's, that's quite by, scary. Um, break from aliens. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, fuck it, we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's the end of the show then. Thanks again for listening. Should you have been listening? <laughs> if you turned off like an uh, hour ago, you're not going to hear this anyway. So I don't really fucking matter. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cheers then. See you next time. Ta da. Bye.